Alright guys, so within the 100th episode right now, well, first of all, let's introduce who's actually here talking about this topic. So I am Paul Dosky, as always, from the Everything Horror Podcast, and with me as always with my beautiful fiance, Tessa Baker. And with us today, we got the man behind the information, as I'm going to call it, because without him... I mean, I don't really don't think I would know too much of what's going on. And on that note, please welcome Dan Lee, all the way back from Dano of the Dead, also the writer for 52 Weeks of Horror. Welcome back, Dan. Nice to have you again. Hey, thank you, Paul. Tess, good to talk to you again. Yeah, well. it's a pleasure, Dan. I, I don't know that I'm I, I don't know that I'm the the fin- the uh, definitive source on this. I'm just the uh, loudest one at the moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, Dan, so tell us, like, I mean, well, you know, me and Tessa know a little bit. On the yes, come shed us. some light for those that don't even know what the fuck is going on with the uh, hashtag horror. I mean, I know a couple people that I've spoken to know about it, but they don't know. And then I have a couple other people that really have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. So, I'll well, let you take the floor. Yeah, uh, what, it, it started out as kind of just a, a curious thing. My my editor over at 52 Weeks of Horror, Haley, she uh, she texted me and was asking me if I had, if I had seen the... Uh, message that popped up when you typed in hashtag horror and uh, search. So I did it and uh, it popped up with this, uh, with this thing that said, can we help? And then it said posts with your words or tags are, are possibly are, I'm sorry, let me just pull it up. It says, can we help post with words or tags you're searching for often encourage behavior that can cause harm and even lead to death. If you're going through something difficult, we'd like to help. And then below it, it says, get support, see posts anyway, or cancel. And when when you go to see posts anyways, it gives you the top rated posts. And, you know, top rated posts on Instagram, they're, they're almost always either companies that buy a lot of advertising or they're these, uh, I think the term is influencer that, that they have on there. And that's, that's what they show. So when you go to recent to just see who's posted what in the hashtag, you get a new window that says, we've hidden posts for hashtag horror to protect our community from content that may encourage behavior that can cause harm and even lead to death. And of course, it doesn't give you the option to push through this time. It simply says learn more, and it gives you a redirection to sites that can help you find uh, professional help if you're thinking of harming yourself or others. So, so real quick, Dan, how, so can you please elaborate of how the hell horror is like a suicidal thing? Like, can, like, can, I failed. or Tetha, do I, you know? <laughs> I fail to see how, uh, hashtag horror is going to make somebody want to go out and like off themselves or whatever. Yeah. It's so ridiculous what's becoming of censorship nowadays. They're censoring just about fucking everything. Yeah, and and that's that's really the big issue here because uh, about a week after I saw this, I, I came across a couple of different articles. My sister is a psychiatrist or 
uh, she's going to kill me for this. Uh, psychiatrist or psychologist, I forget which one. Either way, she's uh, works in the mental health field, always sends me all these interesting articles and things. And because I follow so much of what she sends, Facebook decides to stalk me and suggest other things that I might like. And I came across a couple of articles that have been posted in, uh, in, in psychology journals talking about how horror is actually beneficial to uh, healthy brain development. So it's uh, when, when you've got experts that say that horror is healthy and that it encourages, you know, brain development, it's, it's kind of hard to uh, swallow a, a company telling you the exact opposite about it. And, hmm. I, you know, I think that's the big problem, especially because we started, uh, Haley and I started playing under our personal accounts with uh, different hashtags, you know, that should be popping up with, uh, with these kind of flags. Uh, hashtags like violence, uh, radicalism. Uh, most recently, I did true crime and crime scene all of which take you to some very graphic, very real images. In fact, when I did violence the same night we started talking about the uh, horror hashtag, one of the first images in their top-rated section was a video of an individual. Uh, he'd, he'd been in some sort of accident, and yeah, it's it was very clear that he had been uh, killed, and it was extremely gruesome and completely uncensored and you know i i did the responsible thing as far as instagram is concerned i went ahead and reported it the image is still up there and uh you know that was three weeks ago but you know thank god they didn't show a woman's bare breast or anything with horror because you know then we'd need to start count you know canceling accounts and uh, getting some psychiatrists involved to help out with these disturbed individuals. Yeah, here's a pretty disturbing one right now that I'm looking at where, oh my God, like, it, it, this is, oh, I just don't even know what to even say to this. Like, I'm looking at the crime scene hashtag right now for the top oh, yeah. Code, and it's like two guys wearing gloves. I want to say, uh, Definitely wearing a face mask, and it looks like a decomposed corpse. Mm -hmm. And and, and okay. don't get me wrong, because I'm I'm very much death positive. You know, we're all gonna die, and I feel that horror really helps us come to terms with uh, you know with a lot of the things that are involved in contemplating and understanding our own mortality. Hell, I, I was interested for several years in becoming a mortician and a crime scene investigator. And so, you know, this is just uh, another, this is just another day to me. But when, when you're talking about people that are disturbed, people that have tendencies towards acts of violence and harm against themselves or others, they're not looking for, you know, the... B movie blood and gore. They're they're going out there looking for actual images, actual stories, and you know it's uh, it's great. I, I love seeing all the stuff uh, after these movies have started getting popular 
this year about Ted Bundy and Charles Manson, just how much you can find on both of them searching through Instagram and social media. And, and so much of it is completely uncensored. But you come across something from a horror movie like Us or Hereditary or some of the classics like The Hills Have Eyes. You know, when you start looking for horror as an art form, then you're, you're running into these censorship blocks. And with the way it's worded is just even worse because it's worded and phrased to suggest that not only is the genre art form and the community that's grown up around it something that should be, you know, feared, something that should be completely taboo and uh, repressed, but the people that enjoy it are sick individuals that need mental health uh, intervention. And I think, I think that's the larger problem is it's not just censorship at this point. It's censorship with the added insult of saying that something is wrong with the people in the community. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of like it's saying like, okay, you like horror, you like this death stuff, you like this gore, you like this whatever, but now it's, it's not okay. And what you are looking at, or, yeah, I guess we could go like this. Like, like what you're looking at is something that can somehow inflict thoughts of suicidal and death, but when really we're looking at maybe somebody's practical effects, maybe, or something, how mm -hmm. they... Or um, what what other stuff that's out there? Horror cosplay, where they're trying to dress up and create their own image of a favorite character of theirs. Do you know, there's horror photography. I mean, there's horror film, horror music. I mean, I can go on and yeah. Well, yeah. and and it's going to hurt independent artists. Is all it's going to do. Like, my, my career as a writer and entertainer, you know, it's still very much in its early stages, but it didn't go anywhere until my wife encouraged me to start getting on social media to promote myself. And that's what a lot of these people are doing. And when they, when they tag something as horror, you know, unless you're just looking specifically for horror music or horror arts and crafts or horror whatever then you just want to hit horror and see what cool things you can find and you know unless you're unless you're paying for the advertising through these sites and unless you're paying for follows or becoming one of those influencers then effectively what it's doing is it's cutting out the independent artist in favor of the corporate dollar. Yes. Yes. And for somebody like me, per se, um, who is running this podcast, I mean, we will pretty soon be buried with the censorship of other type of big names because... You know, no, now nobody really gives a shit about the small guys anymore. It's, it's got to be about the big guys because they're the ones with the money. 
they're the one with the the high follower followers they're whatever and I think one of the scary things that I even heard from it was either you or one of the people at uh, 52 Weeks of Horror were talking about a very interesting theory where not only has hashtag horror been infected, uh, has been uh, affected by this, uh, being centered, but they brought up how maybe Instagram w- could probably start targeting other hashtags with the word horror in it. Yeah. And that's kind of scary. Yeah, and, you know, so much of what they do is uh, based off computer algorithms and and using bots to uh, to automate their uh, automate their filters and censorship. You know, it's uh, you know, you've got things that get reported and deleted all the time because when the person reports it out of whatever reason, most of the time, usually anger or disgust because the uh, poster has somehow offended them in some way. Uh, what what happens is it automatically notifies these bots, their algorithms, their uh, their computer programs go through, sift through it, and see if there's anything mm-hmm. that uh, anything that really needs to be dealt with. And most of the time, it's it's not a person at the switch at all. It's a computer program that's just saying, "Okay, delete." And the the problem is once they realize that we get around the blockade on horror by say horror podcast, horror film, horror writer, you know, they start adding the the prefix horror in the tag. And it's, you know, it could be a lot of worrying about nothing, but you gotta, you gotta look at it from the perspective that whenever something happens, the, the first reaction of anyone now is to demand that something is taken away, something is censored, something is regulated out of fear that not doing this will, will somehow cause a repeat. Uh, they, they did this last year. Tumblr actually just purged several people at the end of 2018 uh, anything pertaining to adult content that included horror, but their main focus was on sex workers because, uh, you know, their allegation is that by targeting this, they're somehow preventing human trafficking and cutting down on it. When in reality, what they're doing is attacking an industry and a group of people that just happen to do something that is no longer as taboo as it was 50 years ago. So now you've got algorithms and companies that are targeting men and women that aren't necessarily doing sexual acts for money, but you've got people that are bloggers. You've got people that are sex coaches and therapists talking about topics and addressing issues that people have that before they might not have had any way to talk about and find out about. And, and the reason I bring that up is because we all know horror and porn have a long history together going back to the seventies and the grindhouse era when, you know, gore and what we would consider 
you know, B slasher movies and some of the really great stuff from the past, they were, you know, you'd have Night of the Living Dead or you'd have Deep Red playing in the same theater as Behind the Green Door or Deep Throat. And it was because these were all things that were viewed negatively in that time period that have since become more uh, more acceptable. And it's it's what we're looking at essentially is the same sort of censorship that's been imposed by these sites for uh, sex workers and against women in general. And it's it's being focused now onto horror artists, and you know the the tragedy that happened in New Zealand seemed to coincide with uh, this with this hashtag being uh, being embargoed by Instagram. Whether or not that's a coincidence or intentional, I don't know. And you know, unfortunately, I think the the problem is it's easier to blame fantasy for the problems that are happening in our society than tackling the root issues at the cause of it. I completely agree. And there's always, there is a difference between, you know, the horror genre that we are talking about that us horror fans are fans of and why and love and I think what happened is the real life quote horror unquote kind of came into play. And I think that mm-hmm. might have caused Instagram to be like, oh, we need to uh, censor this one now because of the fact of it being related to the quote horror unquote of life, I think. And, yeah. But unfortunately, it hurts everybody that loved the horror genre anyway because horror was such the hashtag horror was such a big popular hashtag that everybody used it no matter what everybody Mm -hmm. used it because it was just so easy and it's that five letter word that you just literally just you know type the you know you just use the number sign and then horror and then that's it you know, you don't have to worry about a big-ass one, or now maybe you have to do, like, I don't know. Like, I started doing, like, hashtag horror genre, and then mm-hmm. I thought, like, your thing about the hashtag horror is healthy. So then I started to use that when I could. And, um, you know, it's just, if, if that tragedy that happened in New Zealand is somehow a coincidence to have in this hashtag horror be centered, then, oh man, I mean, maybe Instagram should really look at it more. Well, yeah, and I mean, a big part of the problem is these companies, you know, when MySpace, Facebook, Instagram, all of these social media sites started, Nobody had the presence of mind to see that this was going to be something so powerful, something that completely shifted culture and society around the world the way that it has. And now that it has, people are wanting to regulate it like they do any anything else about our society. And it, it gets into some really 
dark gray areas as far as free speech and individual liberties for for people you know because you sit here and you don't want to see people selling human beings on social media and you don't want to see people live broadcasting murders and violent crimes but I was just about to say that too about the whole live streaming now where um mm-hmm. you know where we see or hear somebody that goes on facebook live and then next thing you know they're shooting up somebody or whatever yeah. and you know i think i think i heard the last time there was like a really big one i think it, i think that video live stream was going on for 15 mm-hmm. minutes before facebook shut it down yeah. or before whatever it, happened yeah it went on for 15 minutes and truthfully the video is still out there the video oh, yeah. will never disappear because that is the nature of the internet that information hit the web and it it belongs to it belongs to the universe now and it's unfortunate but yep. you know in response to this i was i was reading an article today I, I didn't get to read the whole article but it was talking about how the australians just passed a law in response to what happened in new zealand where they are uh putting down some really stringent guidelines against tech companies and social media companies to prevent a repeat of that. So anything that could potentially have any kind of violence in it is going to be prohibited now. And again, it's great in theory, but not in practice because just like uh, Instagram banning horror, that's great. I've never done a search for horror on Instagram and come across any real instances of violence or violent crime. But, you know, like I was just talking to you, you know, true crime, crime scene, violence, you can type in anything and get some really gruesome results. And you're, you're typing them into tags that, you know, they're just not concerned about blocking. And, and so it really feels less like a coincidence, less like a, a problem with their algorithm, and more like a targeted attack against a community of artists and creators. But that's, that's you know, the Hollywood influence as well. You know, Jordan Peele, when Us came out, literally got on Twitter and said, Us is horror. Because... Everybody in Hollywood, all the major entertainment outlets, you know, studios, they were all trying to sell it and call it a thriller, just like they did with Get Out, just like they did with Hereditary. And, you know, the the problem isn't horror. The problem is the perception of horror. We've got a society that grew up hearing ghost stories. I mean, it's the oldest storytelling tradition there is, you know. As, as long as humans have had language and the ability to pass on stories to one another, we've told each other scary stories by the campfire. We've told kids stories about monsters hiding in the woods, and we didn't tell it to them to scare them. We told it to them because otherwise, if you say, if you tell a kid, hey, don't go off into the woods because there's a sinkhole in the lot next door that you could fall in and hurt yourself, there's a... a neighbor's dog is running loose 
No, because kids are going to think, let's explore the sinkhole. Oh, well, the dog's running loose. Well, we'll, we'll catch him. But you tell, you tell a child that there is a monster that will literally drag it under the earth and eat it, and they're going to stay the hell out of the woods, with few exceptions, me being one of them, but I was just a pain in the ass as a kid. That's a completely different story. But we, we've told each other stories and fiction for so long, not because we're trying to delude anything, but because when we take ourselves out of the element, when we take ourselves out of reality for just a moment, we get the opportunity to look at a situation as what it is rather than what we think it is while we're in it. It's like stepping outside of yourself for a moment to, to do an evaluation of, of everything about you. Like when you look in the mirror, you throw on some clothes and you're like, okay, this looks good. I'm ready to go. You still check in the mirror to make sure it looks good because you want to push yourself outside of what you can see from your position and see it from another angle to get verification, to see if you've got the whole picture. And that is essentially what horror does. It takes our fears about death and the unknown, and it forces us to step outside of our comfort zone, to step outside of what we accept and understand, and say, this is a way that I can view this and begin to cope with and understand it. I like that. I like that. It, and, you know, it never gets easier, too. And sometimes horror is that type of escape where we kind of forget about reality, too. Because, you know, we can... We can we can indulge ourselves within to the story and get lost and really forget the outside world versus, and because, you know, we're rooting for the characters in the film to survive, or maybe mm -hmm. we're actually rooting for the villain or something, you know, like it's, it's yeah. part of the experience, the entertainment and the, um, the, what's going to happen next thing. I think that's why most films, you know, like Wrong Turn, I hear Wrong Turn is going to be getting a reboot. But mm -hmm. that had, like, uh, a total of six films. But, you know, that's one continuous story. Just like Paranormal Activity. That is one continuous story with some uh, side stories, I guess we could say. But yeah, it's, really it's a... It's an overarching narrative that they've that they've got going. It's It's like Child's Play, you know? Yeah. Child's Play has been a steady running franchise for 30 years, and it's about to take another step going that, you know, Ash versus Evil Dead route with a television series. At the same time, they're rebooting it and making a completely different story separate from, you know, the 30 years of history that it already has. And, you know, that's that leads off into a different conversation altogether because, you know, it's it's one of those... Do we do we need a remake of a franchise that's still actively running right now? Right. Well, man, that that reminds me of that uh, that reboot we're gonna be soon getting from the uh, what was it two thousand seventeen two thousand eighteen of the train to Busik. Train to Busan. 
Jesus. There is a movie that just tap dances all over your emotions from the minute you start watching it. Like that movie, I I was on uh, like I I got on to watch that movie when it hit Amazon or not Amazon when it hit Netflix because I just wanted to see zombies on a train. And Asian horror, I love Asian horror because when whether it's Korea, Japan, China, Vietnam, it doesn't matter. The the Asian continent produces some of the most terrifying horror because they do not pull any punches when it comes to the the sort of graphic, barbaric, terrifying things that we all dread. And you know, they'll they'll add humor, they'll add you know, the sex, they'll they'll throw in anything they can to draw you in, and then bam, you got creepy kids sitting up in the ceiling, you got hair monsters growing out of the wall, or you know, trained to Busan, you've just literally got these running zombies. It's have have you ever seen an ant colony, one of the uh I, I think they call it a super organism when they all just brick together and start moving like a ball or some other shape. And yeah, and that's and that's what the uh, zombies reminded me of in Train to Busan. But at the same time, hearing that we're getting a Western remake of it, it just it, it really drops my my heart into my stomach because it's like uh, let the right one in. Let the right one in is a brilliant, beautiful vampire story that well, was that unlike movie. anything I've ever seen. Let me in is it, it's it's like a watered down English language distillation because somebody didn't want to read subtitles. Oh, and on top of that. They had to switch the gender of the child around for a oh, vampire. Yeah. And which, in my opinion to that film, I thought the little girl actually worked beautifully because, you know, you get the struggling father with the with his daughter, per se. But then the way I look at it with... um. What was it? Was it another struggling father with the struggle with the son, or was it actually a mother? At the time? Yeah, in in the original one, it was a mother and her son, and then the uh, the little girl vampire that he befriended. Right, and you know, it's I mean, it's a beautiful movie, and we just. I don't think we ever really truly need a remake especially not within the same decade of a movie. You know, I don't I don't think we need Train to Busan in 2016, 2017 and then Train to Busan in what 2019 is it coming out later this year? This year or next? Yeah. Like we don't we don't need I mean it's 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 like getting the great value equivalent of some lucky charms. 
you know, I'll, I'll eat those marshmallow mateys, but they don't taste quite the same in milk. That's true. Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing with horror. Like I, I love it, you know, and I'll, I'll end up watching the English language version and giving it a shot because I try, I I try very much, even if I don't think it's going to work to open up and accept the new experience, accept something different, you know, and I was pleasantly surprised sometimes, you know, I'm, uh, I've, I've been a diehard Ghostbusters fan since I was like three years old and I had serious doubts when they did the all female cast for the 2016 remake. I, you know, going into it, I wasn't entirely convinced it was going to be as good as the original. I'm one of the few people that really enjoyed it, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I actually have more hesitation and concern over this uh, sequel they're doing to the original that's supposed to come out next year. And, it, you know, because yeah. it's just, it's like, why, why do we need it? Do it, you know, is it necessary? I, I think some stories are just timeless enough that they don't have to be remade in a lifetime you know there there's never been a good remake of it's a wonderful life which is itself kind of an underrated horror classic when you look at some of the elements of it you know it's it's very mainstream until you get to uh you know the part where he decides to try and jump off a bridge and magical beings intersect or uh intercept him and you know, take him into an alternate reality where he never existed. Right. But which, which <laughs> speaking of which, um, so I think we touched on it a little bit, but I don't think we really went into it. But um, we were talking about how the hashtag horror, how now would it being centered, it's going to hurt the end of, and the small people, and like us, Dan and yeah. Tessa. Now. How now? How does it affect like films though? So how is how is how is centering a hashtag horror gonna affect like films, um, music maybe for like horror films or whatever? Like how is it really gonna start affecting people? I guess. Well, and the the biggest way it's going to begin affecting them is when you type in horror, it's it's gonna throw that roadblock at you. So you're going to have to, as, as creators first, we're going to have to be more creative in how we tag things in order to appear. Like, uh, you know, as far as most of the stuff I do, I always try and include, uh, if I'm writing a review on a movie, uh, on an independent horror film, I always try and add the hashtag indie film, independent film, you know, indie horror or indie whatever to, you know, get it into that independent channel in the hashtags. That's but, true. you know, it, it going back to what we were saying earlier, if I'm just, you know, looking for something horror related, if I want a horror movie, if I'm just going out there and hit horror, then I get that. And a lot of us, uh, I mean, a lot of people in general, when they type in a hashtag, 
and what they get next is an unexpected box warning them about what they've typed in, a lot of people are just going to close it out and back away because they're going to feel like they've done something wrong and it's going to push them away from searching for it. And that's, that's going to be the big way because a lot of folks now, they want to give you a snippet. They want to give you a little taste of what they're working on. I've seen a lot of filmmakers, they'll give you production stills. They'll give you behind-the-scenes looks. They'll give you some short clips and trailers for their film right there on their Instagram page. And it works. Uh, I, I got involved and became friends with, uh, with folks behind uh, Alfred J. Hemlock. I don't know if y'all have seen that or not. It's, it's a fantastic, uh, it's a fantastic short. horror short. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it's uh, free now to watch on YouTube. Um, but you know, I was just bored one night, typed in horror, started scrolling through recent stuff, came across a picture of them putting the makeup on their lead actor and it enticed me. So I went there I started looking through their page, looking through the production stills cause they were, uh, they were in post-production at this point. And I sent a private message and said, Hey, I'm a writer for 52 weeks of horror. I would love to talk to you guys about this movie and about maybe doing an interview and writing some articles. They sent me a screener, uh, started talking a lot with them, did an interview. Uh, they eventually told me about uh, Alfred J. Hemlock going to uh, Peachtree City for the first Women in Horror Film Festival. And it was because of them telling me about it that I found out about it. And it's, it's a lot of that circuitousness that, you know, A leads to B leads to C that happens that helps people in the community get to know each other. You know, I'm, I'm sitting, and it all started from just looking up a hashtag one night when, when I was just laying in bed kind of bored. And when, when you start taking away that ability you start taking away the ability of people within the community to just kind of have these sort of happenstance, you know, meetings and connections. And you're cutting back on the ability of people to meet one another and to uh, open up to what art they're creating. You know, it's going to hurt them when it comes to promoting these films, because unless you're paying for the uh, advertising, you're going to get buried in the recent posts. Correct. And I, I will have to agree with the whole, you know, horror, the hashtag horror is like one great way to find films or anything that you may not have heard about like ever. And just like with that one, uh, that is a, an amazing short. I enjoyed that short, by the way. I just got to yeah. put it out there. And I believe it is on YouTube right now. And, you know, like, if it wasn't for the hashtag horror, I don't think we would ever find these cool indie shorts anyway to, mm -hmm. as like you did, to talk with one another. Because, you know, it's, it's eliminating the the aspect of finding new things. And yeah. unless it's just going to rehash the same bullshit we've already seen, maybe within the first 50 articles or 50, uh, you know, the 50 uh, results, 
I mean, yeah. then we should start seeing that there is a problem, and it is going by what is the top post, as you were mentioning earlier. Now, yeah. now, Dan, you were mentioning too, like you use the certain, you're you're using specific hashtags depending on what you're talking about. Now, what do you think horror, the horror community can really do to help? fix or help be like you know what i'm trying to say like oh yeah what, like what can we do to make this thing not hit us in the face too hard uh, you know really the uh the biggest way to to get their attention is to hit them in the wallet you know if uh but it but it kind of goes back to uh you know what would be great is to uh is to see the entire horror community just completely up and abandon Instagram for a 24 hour period, just, you know, go completely dark and, uh, let them, let them deal with that loss of revenue from people not clicking on their ads from not going and supporting their, uh, you know, purchase content. And, you know, but that, that reminds me of the, of the uh, email chain letters when I was in high school, you know, this, this Tuesday is going to be, National, don't fill up your car day. Make the oil companies choke on their own, you know, reserves and whatnot. And, and, and it's like $23.5 million or whatever, like within yeah. a day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it never works because, no. you know, at the end of the day, you know, people, people are only going to do so much and very few are going to actually step outside of their comfort zone to do it. So what we've got to do is, you know, start contacting Instagram, start reporting through their automated systems saying, hey, I have a problem. And that problem is you're blocking my searches for horror content. Um, you know, that that starts generating the numbers and starts showing that there is a community here that cares Uh Second thing, and possibly the more important thing that we can do, is we've really got to get some some of the big players in the horror community involved in this. You know, I I have yet to see anybody, you know, from Fangoria, Rumorg, from any of the major horror journalism outlets, any of the major horror studios, start talking about the fact that horror is being censored like this on Instagram. And I, I haven't checked because I honestly could give two shits about Facebook most days, but I've, I've heard the same things happening on Facebook as well. And of course, like we were talking earlier, they purged all sorts of what they considered adult content from Tumblr at the uh, end of last year. So, you know, that included a lot of folks that were horror artists on top of the, uh, sex workers and uh, body positivity people that they were mainly targeting with that. So, you know, right now the, the biggest things we can do as a community are really urge the big name creators and studios, the, the larger websites and, you know, basically influencers within the horror genre and horror community really push them to get involved and start making some noise because, you know, honestly, 
Instagram doesn't give a shit about me. They don't give a shit about you guys. They're, you know, we're, we're small ducks. If we're causing enough of a problem for them, they'll up and shut down our accounts. Ooh, you know, but you start seeing people like uh, Fangoria, which, you know, Fangoria in, in no small part is still alive and going today because of the horror fans and the horror community on social media keeping it alive when they went through all of their turmoil and turnaround and restructuring, you know. Oh, yeah. It was a high demand for Fangoria to come back. Yeah. They wanted it. Yeah. I mean, I used to love going into the bookstore, you know, they'd, they'd put the horror magazines right there on the shelf below the porno magazines because, you know, they didn't want anybody coming over there and actually looking at that stuff. You know, they're just carrying it because, you know, it sells, but it's that dirty little secret that, you know, you don't want to take out in public. And, you know, the horror fans and the horror community, they, they helped keep Fangoria on life support and keep it alive in the popular eye long enough for it to make a comeback. And really, there's a lot of horror celebrities out there that could truly say the same thing. You know, there's a lot of, uh, I think Ash versus Evil Dead is probably the best example. You know, Bruce Campbell is a successful actor. He is one of those faces and personalities that you always remember. But the VHS movement is what brought Evil Dead back to life and introduced it to a new generation. And hitting the digital era... That truly is what springboarded Ash versus Evil Dead into existence, you know, mm. and and it's that kind of, you know, it's it's that sort of social media activism though, where we really start making noise, and eventually, somebody that has the ability to do something does it because they hear and they say, you know what, I agree with you. It'd be cool, so. Honestly, at this point, make noise, make it loud, and make sure they hear you. Because that's that's the only way we're going to get it to change and get it back to normal. You know, I had somebody suggest to me on uh, Twitter today that, you know, maybe, maybe some sort of content warning. Again, I'm not a fan of censorship at all. But I would rather see a search for horror include a content warning before giving me access to what I'm looking for than this nonsense of giving me access to what they tell me I can have and then not having access at all to anything else. That is true. And to touch on what you were saying about Facebook, I can confirm that today I noticed it, that when I posted a post up on Facebook, well, from Instagram to Facebook, that thing um the you know how would facebook if you remember anyway dan but for all those two that are listening um you know usually when you are on facebook and you look in at a website that use a hashtag most of the time the hashtag will be like a bold like a bold looking wink mm-hmm. this time the hashtag horror is just regular text it is not a wink itself. It's just broken. Like it's not working at all. And and, then, and I, 
Go I ahead. think I saw Stacy Cox from uh, Decay Mag. Uh, she she posted something like that earlier tonight too. Before I got on here. Yep. Yeah, she did because um, what happened was I uh, I went into our our group and I mentioned that I think it's happening on Facebook with a hashtag horror, and it's not just Instagram. Because what I even did too was I uh, opened up Facebook and I'm and I'm doing it right now. So I'm trying to think of an example here. Um, so you you mentioned a, a good one earlier, uh, crime scene. I think it was. Yeah. So let's see, let's see what comes up as I do crime scene for hashtag on Facebook. Oh look, it's not bad. I mean, there's some winks, there's some whatever, but. I mean, does it really work as a post yet? I'm not 100% sure because I'm not really posting anything. But let me try it real quick. So right now, I'm actually typing in crime scene, hashtag crime scene. I am going to publish it right on my wall right now. Oh, look. Crime scene actually works, Dan. Mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. And what the other one that you were saying? What was the other one real quick? It was, it was a really uh, good one. True crime. And uh, I had violence earlier that I did. Oh, look. Yep. There's true crime right there. Yep. And then violence, you said? Well, check out violence real quick on uh, Facebook. Let's see here. Violence. I just, I'm just curious to see this. Yep, there it is. Look at that. Ain't that scary. Now, with horror, what do we get? Jack shit. Yep. <laughs> we just get a normal text. Just a normal text, almost like it doesn't even exist. So, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Well, and it's just, it's... Uh... It's it's just more of the same crap that as as a genre of community as a group of artists that we've got to continue to deal with. It's that it's that fight for legitimacy. It's that fight for what? I'm sorry. Sorry, my I've I've got a phone trying to dance its way off my desk at the moment. It's <laughs> uh it, it we're we're fighting for legitimacy. You know the a lot of other art forms they're they're more accepted in the mainstream, and even though we've got some great mainstream horror out there right now, you know The Walking Dead has created kind of a renaissance for the uh, zombie subgenre. You know to the to the point where uh, it's it's honestly getting a little tiresome, but you know we've proven uh, as as a genre we've proven you know. Robert Kirkman, Frank Darabont, Jordan Peele, like I'm I'm excited. I'm not normally excited about remakes and reboots, especially of ones that have been done to death, but I am excited mm. as hell to get a chance to sit down and start watching The Twilight Zone. Because I, I feel like if anybody is going to do Rod Serling's classic justice, it's gonna be Jordan Peele. And I've heard nothing but good things, and I just I want to see it for myself. But, you know, as a community of artists, we've proven time and again that when you make an R-rated horror, 
when you create something for mature audiences that's going to scare the hell out of them, it's going to draw in a crowd. You're going to make money off of this. It's not, you're not going to lose out in production cost. You're not going to lose out in advertising costs. Hell, advertising comes almost free when you think of the number of horror websites, podcasters, bloggers, writers, fans that are out there constantly sharing this information. I, I mean, you, you almost don't have to put any kind of advertising budget together for mainstream horror because it's going to do its own job, you know? It, it, people are getting excited about the uh, Sosa Sisters' uh, Rabid remake. Again, not a fan of remakes. Cannot wait to see this. Because, again, if somebody can pull off, you know, it, doing a remake of this film, it's going to be them. And the, the problem is... Well, one of the problems is I've just gone off on a complete tear and forgot what I was about to say. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think I, I think the problem is we're fighting for legitimacy because we've got proof in the last two years alone that horror is wanted, that the mainstream audiences are there the same way they're there for superhero movies like everything that Disney and Marvel throw out. You know, that same audience exists. That money that these studios and executives want is going to come flowing in so fast they can't count it. But they want to continue to insist that it's thriller, that it's action-adventure, that it is anything other than horror. And that just perpetuates what, you know, it, it, it's, let me, let me rephrase this because I'm stepping all over my tongue here. They're, they're continuing to perpetuate the myth that horror cannot be a legitimately viewed genre, that horror fans are not legitimate in any way. And, you know, it's just undercutting everything that we as a community work towards. Mm. That's, it, it, it's just getting way out of hand, I just think. And if we got to do more work than what we should be or that we have done, haven't done, if we have to do more work than what we haven't done in the past because of this thing, then I think we need to refocus and speak out against this because otherwise yeah. it's just going to get worse and worse. And then, then what's left? <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, that's, and that's the thing, you know, it's, it's one of those, we're we're a community of people, a community of artists, and I keep I keep saying that because that's what this is. You know, horror is an art form. You know, the ability to to tell a real relatable story about things that otherwise would just be too terrifying to rationally process. You know, you you've taken it to a place where you can do so much 
with with the genre and and with the art that we're out there creating and it's it's this insistence from companies and groups and studios that you know it's not a legitimate art form that they are not legitimate artists and that the fans just don't really know what they want and if they do then they're really not the sort of people that we should want to be around and that's that's really what this entire thing with Instagram boils down to is with their wording and with their handling of it they are saying that as a community we are not wanted and you know it's clearly not the case when you look at the box office and when you look at ratings and you know all of the uh, all of the horror related material that's coming into the mainstream more and more every year and it's it's mm. just it's baffling and really it's it's going to be hard for fans and especially for independents you know because a lot of folks they get into they get into this and they want to be artists they just want to create and that's fantastic but if all you want to do is create the number of people that are going to see your work is going to be very small you're going to have a very limited audience and you know there's nothing wrong with that but if you want to open it to a wider audience you have to take risks you have to take chances and you have to share it and for a lot of us this is a passion you know i listen i, I listen regularly to uh, adam green and joe lynch when they do the movie crypt and and they're all the time talking about the passion talking about the hard hours the hard work you know the sacrifice that comes from devoting yourself to it and if you're if you're in it just to make money then you're you're there strictly for the marketing aspect you're not a creator you're an ad you're an ad person and you know you've got to balance creativity with self promotion in order to make it and you have to be relentless to to do it and that's that's where this is going to hurt the most because it's going to weed out a lot of people that don't have the support network in place that don't have the backing Boy. from people to keep pursuing this um the voice they yeah the voice and then no. when they don't speak out about whatever they're trying to promote to, of well whatever they're creating i should say because you know it can be literally anything yeah. And if you don't promote the shit out of it, then like you said, less people are going to see it. But if you speak out about it, then it grows. Mm -hmm. But but if you are only there for the money, then I, I almost want to say you're doing it for the wrong reason. But, you know, everybody's views are different. I understand that. But then yeah. if you're really looking at the fucking money, I think what happens is you're really forgetting about the idea of creating something good and not rust yeah. and making it fall flat and become garbage. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I spent almost 13 years working in emergency services, working in a 911 center. And 
I finally last June said, you know what, fuck it, I'm tired of this. And I quit my job, and I've devoted the last year almost to trying to make a living out of what I love. And what I've learned is, one, it's fucking hard. Like, it, it is it is quite possibly one of the hardest things I've ever done. But I've, I've started scaling back the amount of things I do and the amount of, you know, places I do it for because I'm, I'm learning that the main thing I want to do is write. And the main thing that you have to do if you're trying to make a living at it is promote. And you got to have something worth promoting. So you've got to find a balance in all of this between you know, being willing to go out there and sell with all your heart and being willing to say, I love this and I'm just going to do it because I want to do it. And, you know, if you can find, if you can find that balance and be happy in doing it, then that's the dream. But if you can, if you can just get out there and create and share and enjoy it, then that's just as good. And by, by blocking the horror hashtag, it's going to prevent a lot of artists out of there, a lot of talented creators from doing that, because it's going to tell them that they cannot share their art and they cannot share their passion unless they can pony up the money to pay for the privilege of, of working hard to do it. And what brings you know, up an interesting question. Sorry to cut you off, Dan, yeah. but before I forget, um, now I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it yet, or if somebody hasn't really said anything. But I'm, I'm almost thinking when it comes down to the horror community, you know how usually when something bad in the world is going on, right? Mm-hmm. What's the first thing that comes to what usually happens when the storm of social media comes up to play? It's a pe- uh, petition. Mm-hmm. What, what well, could, then, you know, that actually work? It won't because they've, they've tried it. Um, if, and, and going back to the whole, uh, you know, Instagram with its censorship of women and uh, female nudity, um, there, there was a movement that still goes on. Uh, it's, it's a hashtag, free the nipple. And I, I can remember seeing a couple of petitions over the years to try and get uh, to try and get Instagram to loosen the reins, you know, so they're not, you know, so they're not sitting there and blocking these artists because, you know, like like we were talking about earlier, there's a lot of photographers out there that do artistic photos of of people. Oh yeah, and, gorgeous work. Yeah, and, you know, just like with horror, you know, Instagram has this weird policy. If it's a painting or drawing of a woman, she can be completely nude. But if it's a photograph, it has to be censored. Um, Horrify Me is a company in the UK that specializes in doing horror photography. And they've got some just incredible fucking stuff that they do. And I'll, they've got a lot of new... Uh, there's there's this great uh, female pinhead that has gone around for a couple of years now. 
and it's just it's very sexy it's very intriguing and you know this is this is some of their earlier work that they did and it's one of those things they're completely off of instagram now and usually it's a teetering back and forth with facebook because they they have to fight so much with the censors then on top of that they're british or well let me rephrase that they're in england i don't know if they identify as british or what and I'm not going to get into all of that because I know I will piss somebody off somehow by misspeaking. Oh, we're but, always good at that. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> England is it has just got the weirdest, just some of the weirdest and most bizarre censorship in the world, in the free world, I should say. And, you know, they, they censor the hell out of horror. I mean, there are still horror movies from the 70s and 80s that are literally banned in the United Kingdom. That you cannot you cannot see at all, and you know it's it's bizarre. And you know, as as a community, you want to petition, you want to rally, but the only thing that's really going to change Instagram's mind is money, and it's going to have to be either the adding of cash to their coffers in order to open up the hashtag again. Or the threat of losing some substantial cash before they do it. Or and we just so, need to have big names step up and start speaking out against Instagram too. Well, and that's and that's exactly why we need that. Because when when you get them to start stepping up and saying, Hey, this is not cool. This is not something that we are okay with and you need to fix this. When there's the potential that these people are going to leave the platform and take their followers with them, then they start to prick up their ears and start to notice what's going on. And, you know, that's that's one of those things where we need it to happen. We need it to happen soon because it it feels to me like the very gradual nothing nothing major ever happens all at once. It is a very gradual step process. It builds, you know, and and this is just a continuing growth of censorship against this particular art form. So, right, what happens next? Do we see them go after other genres? Do we see them go after specific artists or specific types of art within these genres? You know, will it suddenly be, well... Horror film is okay, but not photography. We're going to let horror music, but not podcasting. Um, we'll, we'll let certain writers have access to the platform, but others, their work's just not right for what we want, so we're not going to allow them to use it for that. And, you know, again, it's just these, these entities have created something that has become integral to the community and you know now it's becoming a problem because they're trying to retool how it's done and they're trying to take that control away from the creators and it's you know it's just censorship just sucks all the way around and if you cannot self-censor, if you cannot say, I don't want to see this, I don't want to experience this, and I'm not going to, then you need to get the hell off the internet. 
You know, you need to get the hell out of the world. Really. I mean, go live in the woods. Go live in a commune. Go live somewhere where you don't have to risk having your sensibilities threatened by what is being said, done, and created. And right. it's, yeah, and, and it's just, it's getting, it's, it's getting to the point where social media is becoming a, the new tool of a nanny state, where anybody who complains enough or anybody who feels threatened by the art that they see is able to shut it down. And, and just saying that reminds me of, you know, I, I follow some cosplayers and like the cosplay and fandom convention circuit, that is a total shit show because for people that, that grew up as nerds, geeks, ostracized, bullied, you know, ridiculed for the things that we found joy in, we have become communities of just such petty, hateful assholes, you know? I'll see cosplayers that are literally building, like learning and sharing their process that are building some really cool rigs. And and then you've always got this one dick that'll get on there and with with just the intention of publicly humiliating this person for exploring their hobby, for exploring their interest or their passion or their art. And, and it will start a chain reaction that becomes an argument that eventually leads to the whole post getting deleted because, you know, either the person who posted the picture is tired of seeing this bullshit in their feed all the time or one of the algorithms caught something, you know, that, that was a miss or somebody reported the post itself in order to win an argument. And there it is. It's gone. And it's just, it's the same problem in every branch of fandom and every branch of art. And it's just, it's getting out of hand now because of the same tools that allow independent art to flourish and proliferate. It's, it's also allowing these trolls to get this win. Uh, yeah. It's, it's giving them this, Un, unjustified sense of power and control and you know it's it's really got to be like the the whole issue needs to be a very large and very heated conversation about self change and allowing some openness of our own minds and our own abilities like tonight uh, a friend of mine posted this thing about a uh, paranormal group that was going to do a special investigation and live stream it from the uh, bell witch house out in adams tennessee and i've been to the bell I, i've been to the bell witch cave a few times and i've seen the bell house and i'm familiar with it and my initial thought with the way this article read and with the way the description was made by these people and and the pictures that were used my initial thought was, okay, I'm throwing the bullshit flag because there's a reason this is not going to happen and a reason why it's not legitimate. And then after that, I'm like, you know what? Maybe these people are actually spending the time to research it, to study it, to actually do some legitimate 
investigation and share something new and entertaining as well as informative. So maybe shut the hell up for a minute and watch and let them do it and see what happens. And, uh, you know, the problem is the internet and social media has awakened that inner troll in everybody because we all have moments where we look at this and something vitriolic and poisonous comes out of our mouth or goes across our keyboard at some point, and then we're like, fuck. Well, that, you know, that that just completely ruins the point I was trying to make, because now I'm the asshole. I'm the troll. And, and you know, there is no forgiveness anymore either. So once once it's out there, once you've done it, it's it's a hard road to hoe to get back to good and you know well yeah because it's screenshotted and now it's plastered everywhere out mm -hmm. and to go back and uh sorry before i would my train of thought here but you you made a really interesting uh point that i wanted to uh touch on real quick when you were talking about uh hobbies you know that that's exactly what gonna happen or is if not already happening is those new people that want to start that new hobby because they have something fresh they have something new they want to try something different to try to bring us that new information or whatever now when it comes to them trying to make it and they're getting centered now what you know, nobody yeah. is going to pay attention to them because they just started. They're not going to get their name out there and they're going to probably get trolled on because of the fact that maybe somebody might catch something and be like, well, didn't this person do this? And we've already seen it before. But in reality, we may not have because people are already running their fucking mouth like they always do because they think they're better than everybody. They're that best critic and they're not giving anybody a chance to really show us or them what they can really do. Yeah. And, you know, you've got a lot of people and, and there are so many young kids on here, too. And, and I say that like I'm, I'm a fucking old man now. But like there are kids that are my son's age that are getting on here and they are creating just some mind-blowing practical effects and films and stories and just some incredible art. And you're already talking about like that nine-year-old? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 Yeah, she is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I forget her name right now, but... Yeah, she's nine yeah. years old, and she can make the most... She's almost making, like, Hollywood stuff. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, you know, you've already got these kids that are dealing with life in the 21st century. Life totally entrenched in the social media age. And then they're going up not only against all the self-doubt and creative concern, the, the peer pressure, and the nervousness that just comes from that age and that creative mindset. But now they're going up against the whole fucking troll nation and competing with platforms that are specifically beginning to target artists and art forms as, as you know, as, as just villains. 
vilifying what we do and and I don't know I don't know how we can expect to see any continued progress any continued motion forward in the art form until we find ways to to deal with that you know cuz it's it's that one two punch you know it's not like you're either going to have to deal with the trolls or you're going to have to deal with the censors now you got to deal with both on top of all that crippling self-doubt that so many creative people have, you know, and that worry, you know, you know, it's, it's just, it's mind boggling to think that anybody under the age of 30 is still trying to do anything new and inventive and creative when you've literally got generations ahead of you talking about what a piece of shit your generation is. You've got the online community constantly looking for ways to pick apart everything you do and now you've got the platforms themselves where you share this work coming down on you and saying that there is something mentally defective about you because you're doing this like because the internet has become the new boy it's no longer outside in the school it's now the internet oh yeah it is it has literally awakened the the inner bully in so many people there are there are so many people at, you know i i refuse to name them because some are friends and family but i will see posts on social media it's one reason i said to hell with facebook for the most part i try not to do anything now but you know share baby pictures with family and friends and then of course update the sites the social media that i write for you know, so unless I'm sharing baby pictures or sharing new articles, I try and stay the hell away from it because it's just so toxic. And I see things from people and I'm like, wow, you're actually kind of a shitty human being. And I hate that I know you. Yeah, and, you're kind of a shit bag. <laughs> yeah, and, and well, I guess I'll see you on Thanksgiving too. Oh, and, boy. You know, it's just, it's those things that you want to, and and part of you wants to fight against it. You want to get into those heated internet debates, but nobody wins in a fight on the internet. I, I don't think anybody has really come to that conclusion yet. You don't win in a fight on the internet. No, you, you don't just, want to know what it, it comes down to on the internet. It, it's who blocks who first. Yeah. That's what it come down to. <laughs> yeah. Who who can report who the fastest? Who can create the most bullshit thing to start trouble with? And it's just it's all an extension of that. It's you know, there there's so much wrong with our society and we want to fix it all and we want to fix it all at the same time. We want to fix it all right now. And the problem is it didn't get fucked up overnight, and we're not going to unfuck it in the course of a weekend or, you know, via posts on Facebook. We're, we're going to have to actually put in the work and the time and the effort and accept the fact that there is a good possibility that it's going to take more than our generation to actually fix the problems. But... As, as far as the hashtag horror thing, we got to be loud, we got to be persistent, and we got to stay on it. 
because that's the only way we're going to eventually get people to recognize and accept our art form, our community for what it is. That's right. And on that note, Dan, thank you so much for, you know, speaking your mind, talking with us about this issue. Cause you know, I mean, I know a little bit, but I know you know it more because, you know, I always see you post about it. And, um, one of the new things that I've seen, which by the way, was it you or who, who was it that, that, uh, decided to create that new one? The hashtag horror is healthy. So that actually came up on the uh, 52 weeks of horror. We do a uh, Jeff and Haley do a Twitch live podcast uh, every Wednesday. I think it is. And uh, one of our, one of our viewers on that, Tom, he, as we were all talking about it, I was in the comments talking with, uh, with the audience, Jeff and Haley were talking to him on the stream and, and Tom threw this out there, you know, hashtag horror is healthy. And we're like, hell yeah, this is perfect. This is great. We're going to use the hell out of this because we're going to tell people it's healthy. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to like these scary things and it's to okay use it. It's okay to create. It's okay it to is. watch. It's okay. It's okay to read. Like, you know, like anything horror is okay. We're yeah. not some demented fuckwad that needs help. We you are, know. yeah. You're, yeah. you're not a demented criminal. You're not out there looking this up because you want to hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. You're literally somebody who has taken the oldest, strongest emotion in, in, human, in, in human history and has embraced it as a way to grow, learn, and evolve. And, and that is, the, you know, that is the essence of it right there. Horror, we, we never conquer anything. We didn't, it, we've never done anything great in history as a species that didn't come from being scared, from being uncertain and saying, fuck it. I want to go and see what's out there. You know, when, it, you know, when they sailed off to find North America, when we were exploring the world, nobody knew what they were going to find. It's terrifying. But they did it anyway because nothing easy is worthwhile and nothing worthwhile is ever easy. You know, the, the space program, you're literally strapping yourself to a V2 rocket in the beginning and launching yourself into the atmosphere having no clue whether or not you're actually going to successfully come down. Now we've got a space station. So many of our greatest advancements in medicine, science, technology have come out of the space program and things that were learned through the space program. You know, it's, it's that thing. We look at something and we say that scares the hell out of me. And we either step away from it and never go back and then, but eventually somebody comes up and says, that scares the hell out of me. I want to know why. And they go towards it. And that's where, and that's why horror is important because it is a safe way to begin that exploration because suddenly you've looked outside of yourself at the issue and now you're propelling yourself towards it with the goal 
of changing the world because of it. Correct. And like I said, Dan, I mean, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, it, it, this is a really tough subject, I think, and it can't just be done with just, you know, you and I and Tessa. I know Tessa's yeah. been quiet, but I mean, I just really don't think she knows how to really take this, really. Because, no, I'm speechless, really. Yeah, you know, and, and... And, you know, that's that's the problem. That's the community in general. We don't know because we're, we're so used to being, you know, and, and, and I say this as a ginger myself, we're so used to being the redheaded stepchild in the art world, in the entertainment world, that we don't know, are we, are we just being overly sensitive or is this a real issue we need to handle? And I'm here to tell you, it's a real issue we need to handle. And we need to handle it now because if we don't, it's going to get worse and it's going to get too big for us to handle. And then we're going to be nobodies, like literally nobodies. Yeah. It will it will all go back to the way it was before the internet. And it you and people people think it's hard to get ahead now. They really need to look back on the uh, entertainment scene, you know, pre-internet, pre-YouTube, pre-social media. How everything got around before the internet. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Hell, exactly. Pre pre-VHS. They need to go back pre-VHS and you know learn learn how to make produce and market a horror movie on you know super 8 because you you haven't you haven't lived until until you've really had to understand fighting for your art like even even I you know I I try very hard at what I do but even I have had it so easy compared to some of these great filmmakers and writers and artists within the genre because of social media and the internet. You know, we, we all as a community need to step back and appreciate the art for what it is and, and rally together to make sure that it stays available to anybody that wants it. Right. And on, and once again, on that note, um, for so really in conclusion of this hashtag horror thing is people need to speak up do not be quiet you need to speak up because if you do not speak up we're going to become buried and nobody's going to hear our voices because we're already been so buried that it's going to be hard for people to take that shovel to dig the garbage above from above yeah. us and if you do speak out you need to because once you speak out it can create a chain reaction where everybody speaks out and once that happens that is when people will take notice and hopefully instagram because you know it's not always bad to have an angry mob with torches and everything else but if you just have that one barbie doll in your hand because you're not talking loud then i guess we can just tear the the doll apart and set it on fire because that's what do we want to come down to? Yeah. Do it, do it now, do it loud because you know, honestly, I don't think we'll get face or I'm sorry, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, they're all the same company. I don't think we're going to get Instagram to change, but I think we can hopefully prevent other outlets from, yeah. from 
following suit. I think that needs to be the goal right now is cut it off like the cancer it is. Stop it before it can grow. So thanks, guys, for having me on. And uh, congratulations on 100 episodes. Well, thank you very much, Dan. It was uh, definitely a pleasure, and I definitely liked your insights on it, even though I know you were talking most of the time. But I was just listening <laughs> because, you know, this is like, this is a really crazy thing, and I don't want to keep going back into it, but it's just, it is. It really is crazy. And it the is. only way we're going to win this battle is by people like you listening and you listening and maybe your mom that's listening behind you. Everybody that is listening needs to speak out because without it, we will be the small guys. And without the big names behind our backs, like Fangoria, Bloody Disgusting, Dread Central, whoever, even famous known big names like Bruce Campbell or, um, you know, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I could go on really, but yeah. the idea is we need the big voices because without them, we are nothing like we have discussed. And I don't want to keep spreading the butter all over the bread, but we need to, to stop and realize that it's time to speak out. Yeah. yeah it's, not, it's not the fight we started. It's not the fight we want, but it's the one we need to finish. That's right. And on that note, everybody, thank you. And this was Dan Lee from Dano of the Dead and 52 Weeks of Horror. I would just Paul Dosky, of course, with my lovely fiance. Tessa Baker. And as always, well, in this case, everybody, not only do we want to stay scary, but you need to remember that what, Dan? Horror is healthy. Thank you, Dan, so much for your input and the chat with us. I mean, it was useful and it was very helpful as well to help us even learn. But... To take it even further, we got on board with us Jeffrey and Haley to put in their thoughts about the ongoing Instagram centering hashtag horror. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Everything Horror, and thank you, Everything Horror, for inviting us over. I'm Jeffrey Potts. I'm with 52 Weeks of Horror, and with me is Haley, my co-host, my partner, my everything, my, my creation. Also with 52 Weeks of Horror, I am. <laughs> also with 52 Weeks of Horror. <laughs> How you doing, Haley? I'm doing great, Jeffrey. How are you doing? I'm good, but we really need to address a problem, and that is hashtag horror on Instagram. I know it may seem silly. It may seem little trite but here's the thing i don't like people telling me what i can and cannot look at when it comes to my horror content and Haley, hey our social media expert manager everything who is amazing she actually brought this to my attention first so what what happened so i was searching up horror to find new horror content to you know maybe reach out to someone and say hey can we interview you or something? Yeah, we like what and, you're doing. Yeah, that's what we do. And so I did that, and this was after the new update, and greeted with a message that says, Posts with words or tags you're searching for often encourage behavior that can cause harm and even lead to death. If you're going through something difficult, we'd like to help. And then you can click get support or see posts anyway. Well, I'm like, this doesn't... I'm not going to hurt anyone or myself. I thought, this is a great art form. Why right. would I do that? Right. Um, and so I went ahead and clicked see posts anyway. Guess what? There's nothing there. Wait, under what? recents. 
Oh, the recents, the right. The recents tab, there's nothing there. There's something under the popular one, which is if you get, like, thousands of hits a day, which we're not that. <laughs> right, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to get thousands of hits a day, especially when you're doing horror-type stuff. I mean, right. let's just be honest here. I mean, I love horror. I think everyone who's listening to this podcast, everyone who is listening to everything horror, or even comes over to 52weeksofhorror.com, I think you can safely say we love the horror genre. We love everything about horror. Right. But here we are now, you know, unless you're making, like, thousands of hits and different influencers a day, your stuff, anything that you do either whether it be art, just writing, something that you experienced as kind of being scary, that is all now just drowned out. Which we had experienced on YouTube starting out because of the new algorithms and adpocalypse and all of that. So we, it's not, it wasn't as shocking, but it, YouTube didn't remove every horror channel off of there, which on Instagram everything's still there that's horror but you you can't see it you can't see it you're not gonna you're not gonna find it under the hashtag horror you're gonna find it under the hashtag of pretty much anything else you you put it under so like if you're doing sleepaway camp type stuff if you're a big fan of felissa rose in that movie then you know if you're doing like the final shot you know the that kind i don't want to i don't want to spoil it for anybody who may not have seen it but you know you're doing that final shot or you're doing something from friday the 13th or nightmare on elm street or going even new to us you know the new jordan peele film or even going classic to dracula you hashtag horror somehow instagram believes that you have a problem however the big issue is not that we don't want people to get help for it mental health issues. I, that's definitely something Instagram needs to address. They're yes. Needing to address it for a long time. Absolutely. And I, and I, I want to I make this point very, very clear. We are in favor of people getting the help that they need. That said, horror is not your problem. Things like death, things like gore, things like hashtag I want to kill myself do not. We don't suggest anyone go and search for these terms either. Yeah, they're it's definitely something we don't want to do. We've been very careful with pointing out the ones that are there, but when one is as blunt as I want to kill myself and nothing pops up, mm-hmm. there's something wrong there. Yes. They'd rather block out an art genre and horror fan is still there. Anything like horror art, horror, all that, that's great, but straight horror, which is it's a very broad, broad genre, genre. Is not there. Yeah, and that's that's a problem because that's affecting people, not just fans of horror, but artists, uh, people who want to sell uh, products that are horror based, people that want to reach out and get in touch with a community that is very open. I would say I I, I don't know about anyone else, but I would say. Ever since entering into the horror community, which uh, again I was I was nervous back in the day. I was I was scared. I was like, "Ooh, do I go to my first Monster Palooza? What's this going to be like? Are people going to see through me that I haven't seen every horror film out there?" No, that's not what happened. They were very open. They they basically literally embraced. The horror embraced, community's amazing. We wouldn't us. have half of the things we have without the community. We wouldn't have Dan if it wasn't for half of the community. Right. And and the ironic thing, even though this hashtag business is just ridiculous, we've actually met a lot more horror people <laughs> through this this 
terrible, terrible mistake that Instagram has made. So we want to share the hashtag horror is healthy because that's what it is. Yeah, and hashtag, it was so funny because this made me so mad. I was like, Jeff, we have to make post on this. We have to discuss this. So we did our podcast. One of our followers, Tom, said hashtag horror is healthy after everything. We're like, right. oh, that's genius. And so after that, I said, Jeff, we need to make an Instagram post. We need to do something. Right. So he made the hashtag horror is healthy photo. Mm-hmm. I posted online, gave out my little spiel of how we felt about it. And before we knew it, everyone is sharing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think I, I, what I want to do is make make it available for everyone to post on their stuff. Feel free to share. Feel free to take it, use it. By all means, this is not something I'm trying to like copyright in any sort of way. I want people to get the word out that horror is healthy. That people go through life and they have benefited from horror. Because we don't hear about it because you don't hear about the good it, it does, that the genre does. We only hear about, oh, there's there's slashers, there's murderers, there's killings, there's monsters. These are things that people should be scared of, should be afraid of. We're here to tell you that's not the case. That's not true. There are things up there on Instagram that are not being flagged. Things like, shoot me, I want to kill myself, um... Strangle. I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, no, no. There's some horrible pictures with that. Yeah, there's there's gun violence. Gun violence is one. You know how many photos? Like I've seen enough that I don't need to see. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. And and just simply pull out horror as your scapegoat, as something that you can pick on, is quite honestly a not very original because people have been trying to do that for years, and we just keep coming back. We just keep coming back like we rise from the grave. We're like zombies. No, we're not. (laughs) No, we're not. Don't say that. But we're also here to support. We are. We are. There's there's artists that we support. There are just the horror fans. People who love this genre. People who love Halloween. People who love, you know... Painting. Photography. People express themselves through art. And that art can reflect things that they love, which can be horror. So don't don't think that horror is something that should be maligned. Don't think that horror is something that people should be protected from. They should be exposed to. Because maybe not everyone can handle every single type of horror film. You need to know your limits for sure. But censoring an entire genre is not the way to do it. Everyone who is sharing hashtag horror is healthy, don't just share it. Also, tag Instagram in it. Report that there's a problem. Be professional when doing so. But definitely report it. Say, this is what is out there. This is what is being flagged. And with that, thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate everything horror for having us come on and talk about this problem. Talk about this ongoing situation there'll be more to report so yeah check back in and until then thank you all and don't forget to keep making that scary bye wow thank you so much jeff and Haley, for your thought that's really great and you know you got to do professional about it you got to look at it professionally because otherwise you know we're going to be looking like we don't really know what we're talking about it's going to be unprofessional but you know, 
it's you eat, us small people can only do so, so much and when it comes down to it we need the bigger names involved and without the bigger name we are not going to be looked at but unfortunately with the big name they probably find it as an advantage because now we got the quiet people like us quiet now it's all about the big names it's all about the big brand it's all about the money and with that being said i want to right now say if you head over to everything horror.bigcartel.com you can purchase the horror is healthy deep red shirt to help spread awareness and just like they said about the whole they're not trying to copyright this or anything neither am i i'm just trying to make this shirt to help you guys wear it and wear it proud to show off even in public that it is okay to love horror and by doing so you're making a statement loud and with that being said, every donation is literally going to be going to some type of charity. Whether it's going to be one up on cancer or some type of animal shelter that does not kill. We're going to figure it out. But right now, if you would like a shirt, I'll say it again. Head over to everythinghorror.bigcartel.com. That is B-I-G-C-A-R-T-E-L dot com. And order yourself a Horror is Healthy Deep Red shirt. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to have your attention from a recent interview that we did from Douglas Ewan, who is Canadian. And he also has something to say about Instagram censoring hashtag horror. And this is what Douglas has to say. Take it away, Doug. Yeah, so I've been following this uh, social media band now, this new hashtag that says not horror. And the most recent one, too, that I actually really liked was, and I, I don't remember, I don't want to say the, the wrong title. I don't know if it was Rue Morg or it was Fangoria, but they said, you know, Jordan Peele's new thriller, Us, and then he literally tweeted, all it was was one sentence that said, Us is a horror film. And that's all it said. And he had to correct them, and I was like, hey, that's good. And I use the hashtag horror all the time on Instagram. Every horror director does. That's how you get it. Like, I search it all the time. If I'm not searching support any film, I'm searching hashtag horror to see what people are up to and what they're making. And I go to search the thing, and it fucking says, like, can we help you with something? And I look at the numbers, and I'm like, there's 15 million hashtags of, of horror, and now, now you're telling me it doesn't exist. And I know they used to ban it once in a while back in the day, and now it's now people are getting shadow banned because being a horror movie director or posting something about, um, say, like a scene from Reanimator that might have violence in it, people are getting banned off Instagram. So obviously, this this outrages a bunch of people, and then you start getting like blamed, an entire movie genre being blamed for teenage suicide and things of this nature saying that we're we're you know disgusting and that you guys are the reason why you know these kids are getting like fucked up and i'm telling people like hey the, the day where you start this is the problem with 2019 the day, and then uh, i guess a kid just killed himself over PUBG. um if you're familiar with that video game and now they're saying well we should ban the video game and i was like you guys can't take specific items or like the horror genre or a video game, and start applying it to suicide, what you guys need to do is start putting more counseling in school or at least showing these parents statistics 
on what kids are being, you know, why they're depressed or what's happening. It wasn't PUBG that killed the kid. It was the depression or probably being bullied or having such anxiety that when he loses, it happens. But that's completely ignored. And then what they do is they just blame an entire group of people or they blame a certain thing like, you know, like Eminem's lyrics or something like that. And it's just 2019 is absolutely fucking ridiculous. And it's driving me crazy. So I go on, I go on Instagram and I think to myself, like, you know what? I'm going to look up some ridiculous shit. And I'm going to see what's not banned. So hashtag Satan, not banned. Hashtag violence, not banned. Hashtag murder, not banned. Hashtag anal beads, not banned. Hashtag stabbing, not banned. And these words are going to be a little hard to... Like, I'm, I'm not saying that I say these words or anything like that. But hashtag fag, not banned. Hashtag retarded, not banned. And when you actually look these hashtags up, they'll show pictures of actors. They'll show pictures of people when you look them up. Like, that is absolutely, if that's not a slap in the face, the fact that you can't look up hashtag whore and you can't find a picture of Pinhead anymore from Hellraiser, but you can look up an actual slur that puts down an entire group of people, like the entire LGBTQT community or entire, you know, people with uh, just brain dysfunction at all. You can look up a hashtag that is literally a horrible word to say and you'll actually see pictures of people and now that 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 kid that one little young girl there that she uh, ended up committing suicide and ended up using the hashtag whore they that was one of the reasons why they're first suggesting it and it's absolutely absolutely insane to think that something that's been along for so long and people don't realize that the now that the internet's around we see these horrific things. We see, we see crime at a rate we've never seen crime, but people don't understand that crime has never been this fucking low, especially in the United States. Like, you know, gun controls are, you know, I, I agree Canada has bigger laws on gun control and stuff like that. Like, I understand that much. I'm not, even, that's not something I want to get into, but I'm just saying people don't understand that yeah, you see it everywhere because we have access to everything. It, but the fact is, the statistics don't lie. It's never been lower. Um, racism, yeah, it's growing, but if it's not growing in black or white, it was almost like when Trump won and people that like Trump or don't like Trump, it's like they created their own group of racism. It's like people were scared to say they supported someone because they were afraid of getting hurt. These issues don't get addressed, but then they can completely blame the world's violent tendencies and problems on a genre of fiction. And it's absolutely outrages me to the point where it just makes me want to cause more fucking trouble if 2019 is looking for a villain i will absolutely volunteer for that position i will take it and i will rub it in their shitty little face this decade or this year or whatever it is has done nothing but piss me off every morning i wake up when i saw that hashtag horror thing was banned that that's when i yeah i see i'm more passionate about that than i was talking about bipolar <laughs> I, I just have not, I haven't been so outraged in a long time. I can't believe, it's not even when people say like, oh, snowflakes and everyone's so, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not even one of those people that do that. Like, oh, you're such a pussy. You don't like watching horror movies. I, I mean, I understand not everyone wants to see someone's head be cut off. But when you get people in power saying, this is the reason why our children kill themselves, or this is the reason why our society's falling apart, or it's just, I, I don't know when... It, it's. I just hope it doesn't get any worse than it does because James Bond can kill 50 people in a movie 
and get PG-13. Jason Voorhees kills 11, and apparently it's the worst thing you've ever seen in your entire life because when he does it, there's, there's blood, which would actually happen in real life. When James Bond does it, they just do backflips. But, I mean, if you look at these diehard films, Lethal Weapon films, which I love and grew up on, you have hundreds of people dying, buildings exploding, all kinds of crazy shit, and not a single thing. The horror genre, which even like with Terrifier, like I was telling you, it's absolutely, there's scenes where you're just like cringing. But at the same time, if I was in a restaurant and I looked over and saw Art the Clown, I would just kindly ask for the bill and get the fuck out of there. That's what I'm saying. This stuff doesn't exist in real life. It's unbelievable that something this large on such a large platform can even be banned. Like, if anything, we're just going to find another way around it. Like, the hashtag non-horror that's going around, that's great and everything, but it's just, it's, it's outrageous. It's, it's, it's almost that they're trying to destroy a genre that is necessary. And it's not necessary because I need to, like I said, it's, yeah, my film has someone who dies in it. Does that mean I murder someone? No, it doesn't. A matter of fact, I, you know, happen to be a pretty good normal citizen. But the fact remains is that, like, you know, people have these ideas, these thoughts, and they explore certain aspects of life that not other people do. And it doesn't mean they're bad people. And if people are watching this, thinking to themselves, like, well, I'm going to become a serial killer, then who's to say there's not a kid out there that's thinking, like, I'm going to start thinking that I live in the Matrix. It's just, it's, un it's unbelievable. I don't even know how it's real. I don't think I've actually come to terms with it yet, that they're, like, being able to put a movie genre and associate it with suicide, associate it with violence, associate it with the corruption of society. I just, when we started doing things like that as, like, apparently civilized human beings, that's when... Yeah, no, that's when you start losing that feeling of, like, community, especially within film. Like, film's, been, film's only been around for 100, 150 years. Like, it's a new art platform, and it's probably one of the biggest because it's visual, sounds, it's, it's everything. It simulates your body in every single aspect, and there's nothing wrong with being afraid. There's nothing wrong with having fear. In fact, if I could suggest anything to anybody, it's do one thing a day that scares the shit out of you because that's the only real true time you're going to test who you are and to think that there are people out there that are creative who are doing great things for this genre like uh jordan peele even he had to correct magazine like a national publication he had to correct it it's that's when you're getting to the point like why am i even doing this if like you i don't even want to say you people i don't even know who the hell is responsible for doing something of this magnitude but it's when you start censoring art because it's having an impact on reality, that's when you start to have that thin blur between what is reality. Like, you can't blame fiction for what happens in our real lives. Human beings have always done this since the start of time. I'm sorry we have the internet now and we're able to see it, but believe it or not, just be happy we're not all Vikings again. That's my opinion on that i think it's absolutely outrageous and facebook and instagram I, I just i don't know i don't know if you guys think it's a good thing and i just kind of just went and shit on it but no i just i think it's absolutely outrageous that they think this is even acceptable to do especially to how many people make a living off this um the void 
for my city alone, which is a, a steel plant city that the steel plant has pretty much shut down. Now we have from 30,000 people employed to 1,300 people employed. That movie comes in here, it gets made, and it employs, you know, 300 people for the time that it's during production. Also, every person on crew gets 160 bucks a day to spend a hotel, movies, transportation that they're spending in that city. And they're going to wipe out a giant genre that has, you know, it does boost the economy. It does create jobs. It does create fantasies. But I have never want to go out and want to see if I can get away with murder just because I watched the house that Jack built or just because I watched a David Cronenberg film, you know, or I watched Antichrist as me. I want to go and cut my pecker off. It's just I can't believe that this could even it's it's just it's it's insane to me. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the whole thing. I, this only happened to me a couple of days ago, so but like hashtag Satan's completely fine to look up and you're you're watching people show you how they bring the dark lord from below and then you go look up a horror movie which is complete fiction and you can't. Or like I said, you look up the most terrible words and you're seeing pictures of people. A people like it's like if you went and hashtag the N word and saw a picture of like an African American or like Jamaican or something like that, like how horrible is that? But you go look up hashtag horror and you can't even see your favorite movies. Like I would say Jaws is a horror movie. Aliens, Ridley Scott, he made his entire goddamn name off that stuff. And this is just a slap in the face to a bunch of artists who, and it's not saying that these artists just want to kill people and just want to make a bunch of gory shit to scare you. Like, some of these people have gone on to do different things. These people, they're just completely normal people. And they don't make these movies so people will hurt themselves. This is just, we should be lucky we have people like this, that we have this kind of outlet that you can sit down and watch a scary movie with your friends and then later on go put on a comedy, right? It's just, the thing that media can influence society on such a large scale but then have the chaos that we have with um, politics, say the corruption and just police, the people that actually fucking protect us. And to see that kind of corruption on a normal human scale in reality, and then have the balls to be like, well, I wouldn't be a bad person if I didn't see, you know, Friday the 13th. No, fuck yourself. You're a bad person. You shouldn't have done that. Like that, the Friday the 13th had nothing to do with that. Like, it's it's unbelievable. I am absolutely outraged about it, and I think a lot of people are going to have a huge backlash on this. If anything, I think it's going to be back up and running in a couple of weeks. There's no way they can... Like I said, I went the numbers, when I typed it in, were over 15 million, and now that's just gone. And that's like the number one hashtag I have to use, too. And it's not easy marketing yourself in a world where anyone can become insta-famous or anything like that. And now you just put more limitations on a genre that was already hard to begin with. So I just don't find it very fair, and I don't find that they had a good enough reason to do it. I totally understand teen suicide and depression. Like I said, I suffer from mental illness myself, and I totally sympathize with those people, and I understand, but I think the problem is not having enough access to counseling, not having enough access to the actual resources that we need to control these things from happening, Instead, we'd rather spend money on finding a false problem to censor than spend money on our education system or spend money on free counseling for children or teenagers that have these kind of violent thoughts or depression in their life. And I find it absolutely 
just pisses me off. Different time. 2019, I don't think needs to be this. But, I mean, it's the pendulum effect, right? You have to go both sides really hard until it lands back in the middle. So I'm just hoping it lands back in the middle. But right now, censorship is a huge thing. And when you start censorshiping art, that's when people begin to break it down with their own personal opinions. Like, there's a difference between looking at something like the Mona Lisa, like I mentioned earlier, and saying, like, you know what, I really don't resonate with that. And then having someone say, I think that's a very beautiful picture, and then having a discussion. And now we're at a point in time where people will say, I don't like that, and here are 30,000 of my own individual personal feelings towards it. And if you don't agree or disagree with those personal feelings, I'm going to tell you how much of an asshole you are. It's just that's when you start destroying art. And then when you start blaming art for destroying society, you obviously have some kind of confusion of what's real and what's not. That's the way I look at it. I mean, if I, ha if I was a parent or a friend, and I, I have experienced things like this in my life, of someone who committed suicide, and I was told, well, you know, I was sat down and I was explained, well, you know, you didn't show them these movies or they didn't play these video games. You know, they'd still be here today. And it's like, no, it's... There... There's just a lot more things that we could do to help people in need than start telling them what they can and cannot do or watch or say. That's just it's unbelievable that we live in a society like that. The things that go by and the things that get canceled out, it's just not making any sense. It's like, it's almost like they're going after it to try and end it. It's almost like the powers of beer, like, you know what, we have to get out of this phase and move into phase two and we got to do that by, in social media, such an impact on people's lives. Like I was saying, like that's basically, like for me, for example, I, like I said, I've done podcasts, I've done interviews, I've got publicity without even showing a lot of my stuff and that's because of social media. It's a free platform for you to build yourself and slowly they're breaking that down so individuals cannot do that in the certain art that they're in and that's absolutely horrible because I follow a lot of stuff on Instagram. Um, even you, for example, everything horror podcast, like I'm guessing you use that hashtag a million times and it's and you're not promoting, you know, Let's go chop people in half. It's, it's insane. It's just they, they took something so large and put it on something, attached it to something so small. And to me, the fact that people actually believe that, like, yeah, remember, like, your podcast has the word horror in it. The genre, um, I, I, there's Canadians in Calgary that have, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, I'm not trying to plug other people on your show or anything, but Nightmare on Film Street, like, they, they're Canadian. I follow them. Um, Fangoria. Um, bloody disgusting like these people use that like that's how I find these people and they some of their articles are like about my favorite directors about what they're doing what equipment they're using what they're making next year and now like that's just one avenue that's gone because they decided to attach it to something so small and they took out a large scale of people's marketing I think it's uh, I think it's a shame now how do now how do you think what <laughs> Why do you think horror is healthy? Well, like I said, I mean, like when I, I read a lot about the Japanese too, and the Japanese, like they have stuff like you wouldn't even believe that they, uh, just absolutely insane. What they say is that's why, you know, a lot of their people are so peaceful in society because they have this outlet that they can enjoy this stuff through entertainment instead of doing it for, through life. And 
it's horror is healthy because I don't know what world you live in, but uh, I find it more horrific to read the fucking Twitter Twitter feed and read the newspaper than I do watching a horror movie. And this this gives you a complete fantasy reality of adrenaline when you're watching this killer try and chase down this woman or this man or these teenage kids and you have this adrenaline pumping through you, you have fear and at the end of it, boom, there's credits because people fucking made that and it gave you an hour and a half experience of shitting your pants and you don't get that by cooking dinner, you don't get that by watching, you know, Family Guy, you, you, that's like you get that to laugh and People want that in their lives. People want to be afraid. People want to be scared. People enjoy this kind of stuff. Um, it's it's a lifestyle for a lot of people, first of all. And it is healthy to understand that there is real horror in real life. And that stuff actually is disgusting to read. And horror is healthy in entertainment because it entertains you while you're being scared on a level because you're trying to unfold a story you're not scared because literally there's an image in front of you well at times i mean there's jump scares and stuff but you know you're you're going into something knowing it's scary you chose to do that it's not like someone held you down tied you to the chair and said now you're going to watch every friday the 13th movie and then we're going to release you and watch you go murder 30 people like that stuff doesn't happen you chose to sit down pay the five dollars pay the Fifteen dollars to get into the theater, whatever you, whatever avenue you use to get the damn thing, you chose to do it because it's entertaining, and it's not entertaining you in a way that you laugh. It's not entertaining you in a way that you, you know, feel love or that you feel regret or crying. Those are other genres. This is a genre where you sit down and you're like, I'm going to turn off all the lights and I'm going to scare the shit out of myself. Or teenagers use it to get laid. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that this genre does for people and it's just it's unbelievable that entertainment's now being used as a cop-out for society shitting on itself which is done for the blink of the eye human beings have been around in the first place so horse healthy for a lot of reasons it's it's entertainment it's art it exists in our world in such a way that if people really knew the kind of horrors every single day that exists i don't even think they'd blink an eye at a serial killer movie I don't even think they'd blink an eye at watching Freddy Krueger come into your nightmares if people were actually aware of the things that happen around this world on a, on a minute basis. It's just, horror's healthy, it's a great outlet, it's a great, it's a great time, it's entertaining, it's art, people put everything they have into it. And like I said, it takes a different kind of person to make this shit, and that person is not necessarily evil, that person's not necessarily bad. It's just... Some people think that way. And are they doing it? No. Are they committing crimes? No. I just... It's too bad that it gets linked with all this terrible stuff because I've never ever, and I'm guessing you're the same way, you have a podcast that revolves around this genre. And after you've done this podcast, you and your fiancé probably have dinner and enjoy a movie and, you know, you're in love and you're having a good night. You guys aren't sitting there, you know eating a person right now, a bunch of cannibals. So, I'm, you know, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous to think that way. True. Now, my last question, Doug, for this topic is, what do you think could help fix this issue, I guess? Like, what do you think we should do to move forward with this issue? Keep doing it. 
I mean, should we go harder and test the barriers and stuff like that? Like, I think that's just natural of humans to do. I mean, as I evolve as an artist, I'm always going to try and, you know, rules are meant to be broken, not laws. I'm not saying go break laws, but, you know, rules are meant to be broken. Just keep doing it. Don't, don't, don't stop. I mean, they want to take it away from you no matter what. That audience will always be there. They'll always be there. They'll find your stuff. Um, there will never be a day where it's completely gone. And if something this small does destroy the genre, that's because everybody gave up. I mean, you can't you can't give up. You just got to keep going. I'm not going to start making romance movies now because I can't use a hashtag. And even 10 years from now, you can't show blood on the big screen. I'll still make horror nice. movies. So, I mean just keep pumping it out just keep going don't give up don't don't change who you are because someone else wants you to all right guys here at round table number two and with me well you should already know who this is but with me we got stacy cock and we got jed bryan so how's it going welcome, welcome ladies and germs wait <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me on the podcast well thank thanks. you jed and thanks, thank you guys. Hey. Thank you. Actually, it's funny because my coworker says the same thing. Hello, ladies and germs. That's what I laugh. Well, I gotta give I gotta give Jed some type of uh, uh, some type of buoyant. Well, I don't want to say buoyant, but I gotta pick on him <laughs> one way or another. There you go. Uh, yeah, I got thick but, skin. Uh, I can take it. <laughs> oh, jeez, um. He's got my address too, so oh god, yeah. I can only imagine. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, so let's dive right in. So, what? We'll start with Stacy. So, Stacy, what did you think about this whole Instagram censoring hashtag horror? I was confused at first, uh, and then when I looked more into it, I just—I guess I got a little aggravated. Um, I guess like now everything is so politically correct and it's so annoying that I guess these social media sites are trying to crack down on <clears throat> whatever the underlying issue is. And it seems to be what people are, I don't know if it's, you know, people are inflicting self-harm or they're, you know, just whatever acts they're doing. I feel like horror is taking the bad rep for it. And I feel like it's not fair. You know, horror has been, I don't know, I guess horror really has been the black goat in terms of, you know, cinema entertainment in general. You know, you look at things like comedy, romance, and you know, people, society tends to like that stuff more. So society tends to like all the, you know, the bright and vibrant stuff. Meanwhile, you got horror and it's like, it's got this um, small little cult following. And now it's like, you know, the fans of horror cannot, <laughs> it's like, we can't be, we can't just be, you know, and it's, I don't know. It's annoying. Well, uh, when I first found out about it, I noticed that some of my posts on Instagram and stuff were were not getting as many likes and stuff like that. And I wasn't sure what was going on. And then I'd seen where uh, you'd actually posted about how 
the horror hashtag was being uh, censored. So I was like, what? So whenever I went ahead and clicked on it and it said, you know, uh, this content's graphic and, you know, may cause self, you know, may lead to self-harm type stuff. And I was just like, whoa, this is ridiculous because I feel like, like Stacy had said that, you know, horror has always gotten a bad rap for, you know, being, you know, trying to show the horrors that are actually out there. And uh, for some reason, just because, you know, a certain group of people like this type of stuff, it's, you know, people are automatically assume that, you know, it's crazy people who are, you know, probably going to commit suicide who enjoy this type yeah. of stuff, which, you know, horror, you know, brings people from all different religions, walks of life. It brings them all together. And I mean, it's, you know, it's censorship at its worst. And it's, I'm afraid with the political correctness that's going on, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. And I mean, you look at comedy, for instance, I mean, they're even starting to, you know, take hits on, you know, comedy movies on what they can and can't do. And, you know, even people that do stand up, you know, are getting, you know, hit with, you know, you're, you're being too, you know, mean to this group. And people are just kind of forgetting that, you know, sometimes you, you don't take yourself so serious. I mean, if people think, you know, just because you watch a horror movie, there's a chance you may cause self-harm to yourself. I mean, that's absurd. I mean, there's, I don't think there's any statistic out there that supports this. I mean, I remember whenever the, uh, the Columbine shooting happened and they were trying to, you know, tie Marilyn Manson in with that just because these kids maybe had listened to his music. I mean, it's absurd. So I, I really hope that they will reinstate the hashtag as just a regular hashtag. I mean, whenever you have, you know, other hashtags out there that, you know, show like, you know, like partial nudity and stuff like that that are do not have the same censorship, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, it's it's crazy, especially like if you look up like crime scene or true crime scene or true crime or something like it, it's or even violence. Like it's 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 ridiculous what you actually find that is not centered like the hashtag horror is. And from what I've learned too from I believe last roundtable, and for those listening, this is like a few weeks ahead that of this round two table, just so you know. Um, as I remember Dan Wright, well, Dan from Dano of the Dead, he was mentioning that this kind of started with the censorship because of that one girl that, that I believe committed suicide and used uh, the hashtag. I think it was like maybe New Zealand or something, or maybe it was that really bad incident from New Zealand, but I remember something about a little girl either way. So that's what, that's what I remember hearing about. Because of the fact that she used the hashtag horror, it got slammed with the uh, warning, which I think everything out that she ended up getting a warning to, whatever that was, or those were. Hmm. Now I haven't heard about that. And, and see, I mean, if that is the case, I mean, you know, it's horrible that, you know, someone actually took their life, but, you know, and used the hashtag. But to me, it was, it's like a, a knee jerk reaction just because people, you know, people live stream murders on Facebook and you don't yeah. see censorship of live stream or anything like that. You don't see that there's a, like a delay 
on your live stream before it goes up. You know, there's not like a, a 30 second delay so they can have someone who monitors what you do. So to me, it's that that's it. That's the reason why it's a horrible excuse. And it's just I, I believe that, you know, whores always been the uh, the lower end of everybody's, you know, radar. I mean, you know, Jordan Peele finally came through and, you know, won something. But it's like, you know, I mean, uh, the lead actress in Hereditary, she should have she should have won an award and she wasn't even nominated. And it's just, you know, it's just, you know, society, the mainstream society, you know, always putting the thumb on horror and trying to put it down in the mud. Right. That is an ex that is an excellent point, Jed. And I actually I remember um it's, it's not too long ago, what was this, maybe maybe a year or so ago, and um the one the one uh uh what was his name? The one guy who uh I think he 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 it, it happened on Easter. I remember it happened on Easter and he shot this elderly guy. Yeah, he shot him and walked yeah, up and shot him, right? Yeah. Right. And you can see that on Facebook watch or you know whatever that is. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, why is it that horrors get like honestly when it comes to people committing all of these you know, acts of violence and everything, that's a very personal issue. It's something that that is underlying with them and their personal lives. I feel like horror, the horror entertainment, you know, world should not get the bad rep for that because there's some screwed up person in, in you know, society who has pretty much been screwed up since whenever. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, because we have all these people who are screwed up and something wrong with them, we have to censor horror. It's like, that's bull crap. That is bull. I do like what uh, Jordan Peele did when Us was about to come out, where everybody was trying to say that Us is a thriller film, which I don't know if you guys have caught on to that, but Somebody was actually telling me, I think it might have been Dan. If not, it was somebody else for sure. But they were like, have you noticed that lately with magazines and stuff that uh, if you w w uh, read specific ones or hear specific ones, everybody is mentioning the word thriller instead of horror. And that's what yeah. I liked about Jordan Peele is that he came back with that one liner that was like us is a horror movie yeah yeah it, it, it's sad because you know they try to make horror a bad word and it's like you know horror i mean covers so many different genres from books to movies i mean you i mean you look at the classic universal monster films you know those are considered a horror film and by today's standards you know stuff that's on you know on you know SpongeBob could be even more scarier than some of the Universal yeah. Monster pictures. That's true. And it's like, and it's like, you know, I don't understand. You know, horror is such a uh, like it, it covers so many different subgenres that why would you censor something like like that? It it just it just blows my mind. And you know, it's you know, I feel like it's just another. They're trying to do another little knock against horror so it doesn't 
you know, get to the mainstream like it used to be. So I know I um I know Jed. I'll actually start you off with this one, but uh, just to shine in a little bit, like yeah, I mean I'm a big fan of Universal Monsters, and to me those are the original horror films. Like it's like right. I don't really like anytime anybody says anything about classics, my my brain goes right to Universal Monsters because those were. You know, those were really the start of the horror besides the other stuff as well that came after. But those really started to spike the um, spike the hit that I made. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, it makes me wonder, too, with some of these old films, if they were to be remade this year... Or even in the next couple of years, like here's a good example. Like look at the original Nosferatu, that was what 1922, and yeah. I mean that that got remade in ah uh, shit. 19- it was in the 70s, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, like 1979, maybe somewhere around that neighborhood. 78, yeah, I think. 79, 78, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think that even no wait. That was the uh, that was the documentary thing that they did there, the uh, Shadow of the Vampire, where they had William Defoe at the Vampire. Okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, the yeah, I mean, it, yeah, but yeah, but so when you go to look at that, though, I mean, we can't say a vampire movie is a thriller. It's more of a horror, really. It's more of a yeah. vampiric horror flick. And if somebody tried to use use that hashtag to try to promote Nosferatu, it's just not going to work. Like, it is, but yeah. it isn't. It's really weird now how Instagram works. Like, if you go go search Instagram with the um, hashtag horror, we'll see on the recent one, we're not going to see any new one. But if you go to the other page, whatever it's called, I can't quite remember but you we see all the popular posts and not the recent ones so in order for us to see like the quote-unquote recent hits of the hashtag horror we have to actually wait for it to become popular apparently which just makes no sense yeah it's just you know technology is changing so fast and you know i feel like the faster it changes, the faster, you know, these, you know, larger uh, uh, social media platforms are able to, you know, change their uh, guidelines and, you know, apply more censorship to where some, to something that was originally, you know, an idea of being something that was, you know, a sense of freedom instead of being censored. Right. And it's that, and uh, just to clarify, it's top. The category is called top. So mainly you're looking at the top post with the hashtag horror. While recent just says, we've hidden posts for the hashtag horror to protect our community from content that may incur behavior that can cause harm and even lead to death. And yeah. So outrageous. So if your post is not one of the top posts, then nobody's going to see your post. Pretty much is what it comes down to. Yeah. And 
like, so anyway, what, I, what I'm trying to say, too, is, like, with Jed, with you, you were kind of, like, you were saying it about your stuff, like, you know, now with this, how does, uh, how does the hashtag horror affect you? And you kind of stated it already, but how does it affect other people as well? Well, um, as you, as your listeners may or may not know, but, uh, I wrote and directed and also acted in a film called Unlisted Owner and, uh, it made the Amazon top 10 2017. And, uh, we were actually putting out a Blu-ray release. It's going to drop on Amazon and other platforms on April 30th. So, uh, we were gearing up for the Blu-ray release and, uh, you know, different articles were written. Everything Horror wrote an article on it and other, you know, uh, horror news platforms had. And, uh, whenever we post the image on Instagram and use the hashtag horror, I would notice that my post, the more recent ones were, you know, not getting, you know, even half as many, you know, uh, comments and, and hearts as, you know, previous ones. And, you know, it's just, you know, it, it really, it, it not only does it censor the content, but it also hurts, you know, filmmakers and horror news sites and, you know, just anyone in the horror community in general. It really hurts, you know, the flow of information or, you know, for people to hear about your project you're working on or your podcast you have or, you know, even, you know, upcoming horror events or horror festivals where, you know, you can meet some of the biggest names in horror. And it's just, you know, it's, I mean, it really hinders, it really hurts an industry, not just, you know, people on, you know, Instagram posting pictures of, you know, just, you know, Halloween stuff. I mean, yeah. it, it, it hurts the whole entire industry that people make their livings, you know, doing, you know, stuff in the horror industry, you know, even haunted houses and prop makers and, I mean, journalists. I mean, there's so many people that are touched by the horror industry in general that to censor the hashtag is just, you know, it's very, very, you know, sickening in my opinion. Yes. And it, and it affects Stacy because Stacy, you know, she's, she's a podcaster. She's a blogger. Um, yes. she, she, you know, she always has something up about the horror genre, like some type of cool thing, like an old school poster, um, like, yes, Stacy, you do a lot, actually, and, like, ha and, you know, have you actually seen a difference with your posts at all? Um, <clears throat> well, I can't really say I see a difference, because, I, well, honestly, for me, uh, on, like, when I was on, uh, you know, social media, when I was on Facebook, I didn't really have the crowd the followers that were into horror like I was. I mean, I had maybe a handful of, there were a handful of friends that were as into horror as me. So I go posting, you know, different, uh, just like covers of horror films, pretty much keeping people up to date, like, oh, check this film out. This is a good film. And then I do a little brief little, you know, review or whatever. And maybe I get, I get a, I'll be lucky to have five people like the post or comment on the post. Then I go to uh, make a group, a little side group dedicated to 
horror blogging only, you know, trying to keep pretty much my passion for horror away from, you know, my personal life and everything, my, the personal side of Facebook. And I had nine, nine uh, followers on the group, you know, and maybe the same two or three people liking the post are actually engaging, um, you know, sharing some posts as well. So I would say uh, I didn't really get the turnout as like you guys did. You know, you took it really professional and you've been like professional at it much longer than I have. So I can't really say for myself that I, you know, I'm getting the same outcome. And even on Instagram, I had a, I had a, um, I want to say I had a bigger followers base for horror on Instagram and Twitter than I did on Facebook because it's something about Facebook where people just like, it's like people just go there for their daily drama. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's so annoying or maybe it's just me, but I'm all, I always got that crowd on Facebook. I don't think you're alone. <laughs> yeah. But on Instagram. I don't think you're alone at all. <laughs> But on Instagram and Twitter, people are way more professional. You know, you go share a post about anything horror, and I got more feedback or more engagement on that than I ever could on Facebook, you know, especially Twitter. And maybe because Twitter is just so fast-paced to where, you know, it's much more business-oriented. But then like on Instagram, and maybe this was just me, but on Instagram, I noticed like a lot of people are just so like into themselves that you got that one person that is constantly uploading selfies, you know, or constantly uploading just like unnecessary random videos of whatever. And, and a part of me hates that whole TV part, the Facebook watch, Instagram TV. Like, I don't mind, you know, like, you know, your post, Paul, when y'all go on Instagram TV and everything, DK back, you know, I don't mind that. But it's the people who just, like, get on there just for the sake of being seen, you know? The, the attention. The attention. Yes. The attention seekers. So, um, look at me. Exactly. And it's like, I, I'm like, is it just me? Am I like a magnet for these type of people or what? You know, so. <laughs> but uh -huh. um, I, uh -huh. you're, you're reminding me of a story real quick. Um, that reminded me of um, one of my friends who I used to, who I did a, a horror short with back almost five, six years ago. And I remember she was like telling me one time on it from Instagram that she was trying to look for like, like yoga videos on Instagram. And all she yeah. could find is like people's asses in the camera and like nothing really about like yoga or if it is yoga. It's just like, like the ass point of view and it's just like what the fuck well yeah like you don't ever want to knock anyone shine you know what i'm saying it's like whatever works for you works for you but you got all these like different posts about uh what is it like feminist posts and everything like i've never been so irritated with the feminist movement but they go like you know 
love your body and all that while they're just like pretty much um making out on camera and i'm just like now they got this new way of working out and yoga and everything where they're halfway naked and their butts in the cameras like dude seriously like this is just attention seeking and i feel like but we in, are in, in horror in, in horror sensor that's the <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like we are in a time now where every where Everything is me, me, me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is just pretty much just like out for themselves. They're, everybody is attention seekers now. And it gets back to the point where you got these people who are half naked or naked on social media, you know, showing nipples, stuff like that. Meanwhile, horror is censored. Like, and back to the point about the, uh, you know, showing like actual crime on Facebook. Yet horror is censored. Horror is getting the bad rap. And remember back when, um, like even say like the music industry, hip hop rap got a bad rap because, oh, now, you know, you got these kids who want to sag and who wants to, uh, you know, what I'm saying? it's like, wait a minute, don't blame that on the music industry. No, 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 no. This is another underlying issue. So when it comes to horror being censored and you say, you know, you can commit self-harm or any kind of harm. No, it's an underlying issue is what it is. It has to do with the person. Like these people are already fucked up. You know, ain't, ain't no, ain't no movie, no TV series, no nothing is going to influence this person. They're already fucked up. That's what it comes down to. Um, I mean, I, as, as many, like I've been watching a lot of those investigation discovery shows you know lately you know who the bleep did i marry or deadly women and all that i'm not going around here killing people you know what i'm saying it, it, it has to do with the with the person themselves and then like back to where you know the whole slender man thing and kids you know momo. kill another kid yeah momo it's like <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know is the momo hashtag censored I don't know, but you know what? Uh, I think it was my, I forget if it was a friend of mine or my cousin who showed me, I don't know if it was a fan-made poster or if this is actually real, but Momo is being turned into a movie. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But someone showed me a poster for a Momo movie, and I'm hoping it was a fan-made poster and not something that's actually in the works. And to answer your question, you had no. Momo hashtag is not centered. <laughs> oh. Boom. My point exactly. You know, I mean, Momo is technically covered under the horror banner, but if someone uses the hashtag Momo, it will not be censored if they don't use the hashtag horror with it. So it's like, you know, if you're going to pick and choose, you know, you should be, you should censor stuff that, you know, people, you know, there was more of an outrage about the Momo thing then you know there hasn't been a peep i mean i don't i mean you said about that uh the story but i had i hadn't heard of that story but i'd heard of momo i'm sure everybody's heard of momo so to yeah. me it's like if you're going to censor something because of public outrage you know the momo one the hashtag to me would have been the one that they would have censored instead of the hashtag horror which you know i don't agree you know i don't believe in censorship so you know i don't think that they should have censored a hashtag you know you censor yeah. you can censor individual images but 
you know, having this warning come up about self-harm and stuff, if you're going to do that, you should do it for the Momo video that actually tells children to harm themselves. So, I mean, in my personal opinion, if you're going to do it, you should do it to the thing that's actually telling people to do harm to themselves. Right. And also, to piggyback on that, you said um, <clears throat> this public, you know, like outcry and outrage. Um, also, with these, like, I guess these sensitive parents or butthole hurt parents or whatever who like um take for instance the scary stories you tell in the dark you you remember the old book right the you know with the scary images and all that the original book of course. and now you got this renovation with a different illustrator and it's like what the heck is this like it, it's no longer it doesn't have that scare factor that it did like the illustrations were all changed they're not scary anymore you know and then you got like these angry parents or these sensitive parents who's like oh this is too scary for kids you know it's like what are you talking about <laughs> like <laughs> and, you know it's like stuff like that you know you got these sensitive men in the sensitive society but this is supposed to be like a free country and everything free free world free country free whatever like everybody has the right to pick and choose what they like yeah i think those parents would be very upset with me because i got my kid an unlisted owner t-shirt the other day so <laughs> <laughs> i mean hey you know honestly lyric when she was young i think i want to say she had to be maybe four years old when she was i mean she was watching child's play you know, a nightmare on Elm Street, Leprechaun. You know, one day she came to me and she's like, I want to watch Bad Dog. I'm like, what is Bad Dog? She pointed at Cujo and I had no idea how she found out about Cujo. You know, I mean, killer clouds from outer space. You know what I'm saying? So, and then I started feeling so like, am I, am I a bad mother for my four-year-old daughters watching this stuff with me? The worst movie she's seen so far was, um, and I shouldn't say the worst. I mean, the goriest film she's seen so far was Hobo with a Shotgun. You mm. know? Good yeah, look. Hobo. And honestly, that was because she wanted to. Like, I told her, go upstairs and watch TV. I'm going to watch my movie. And she decided to sit there with me. <laughs> I mean, now she's more into, like, Disney princesses, princesses now. And I'm glad. Like, okay, let her let her you know get the bad dreams out the way when she gets a little bit older i could reintroduce <clears throat> her to that stuff you know what i'm saying but yeah, heck, get her some monster yeah. high dolls <laughs> right exactly but yeah she was four years old watching all that with me you know and heck it's like you know it you have freedom of choice is what this is coming down to freedom of choice you know if you like horror whatever genre you may like horror should not be you know, the black goat that it's always been, that taboo subject. You know, horror is such a taboo subject when it comes to society. Most of society turns a blind eye. It, that's why horror has us like, you know, that cult following, you know, because it's such a small following, uh, you know, because the rest of society is just turning the cold shoulder. Oh, you, you know, I think I'm probably... It's very few in my family that, you know, I like her. Oh, I don't like that stuff. That stuff gives me nightmares. I can't watch that stuff. Like, what do you mean that stuff? You know, that's right. what horror has become, that stuff. 
And then, like, if you watch horror, if you like horror, you're crazy, you know, you're a psychopath. We need help. Serious? Yeah, you need help. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, uh, the same thing like they do with uh, goths. You know, you're a goth. Oh, you must be crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah, I mean, like, like I'm watching this. Like, I just typed in that uh, the crime scene, uh, the, the crime scene hashtag. And, like, of course, I didn't get a warning. And I just literally just saw a video where this guy got shot. And then it's like a shootout. Now I'm watching one where this guy is trying to, uh, I guess, kidnap a kid. And then this other person comes over mm -hmm. to save the kid. And then this other guy with like a four by four comes over to try to take out the lady trying to save the kid. Like, that's just yeah. crazy. It, 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 the, the saddest part about this whole deal is that, you know, when did the fictional stuff become worse Real? than the reality mm -hmm. and you know these tech and you know and these social media platforms eyes it, it just it doesn't make any sense to me you know people will say you know i can't watch horror stuff i can't watch gory stuff but yet they're watching you know the id channel and i mean stuff that actually really happened and there's crime scene yeah. photos and actual video and stuff like that so to me it's like i think people you know because, you know, horror existed, you know, horror films existed way before, you know, true crime, you know, movies or documentaries and stuff like that. And, you know, pictures weren't really shown to the public like they were, like they are today. So I feel like, you know, since horror was kind of, you know, it, it was born in a more, you know, kind of, you know, nicey time to where, you know, we don't talk about that type of stuff. And it got that wrapped in and it just is carried through time. And now, you know, people want to see the reality based stuff. But for some reason, the fictional stuff, they just, I don't know why, but they just want to try to suppress it so much. It's not even funny. Yeah. And, and, and don't forget about all those world star, you know, videos that people are always constantly posting and you're up here watching these people fight you got riots and shootouts and everything posted all across you know social media i'm just like and it really disgusts me that people are so freely you know posting these um like who was right there videotaping while this is actually going on you know, all these rights and everything. Why is no one calling the police? Why is no one trying to break this up? You, have exactly. you know, meanwhile, it's like horror is the one that gets the bad rap. Like, are you serious? <laughs> I, I just don't understand it. I don't think we're going to. Because, I mean, look at, uh, look at like, like uh, you know, Dan and like the people over at 52 Weeks of Horror, they've sent in multiple emails asking why they did it. Dan started a personally like private message Instagram on Instagram, <laughs> and um, you know, no, nothing in return yet of why, why horror was censored. Yeah. And I don't think we're gonna get an answer. And yeah, that's not like I, I will never forget this. Ha it was some years ago, but someone posted a video. I think it was from World Star, but someone shared a video of 
this really young girl. She looked like she had to be maybe 13 years old. And um, I think the headline was, you know, she'll do anything for money. And meanwhile, you just, you know, this guy is, you know, doing her from behind and, you know, like got her face to the camera and he's pretty, I'm just like, oh my God, like this is disgusting. She had to be 13 years old. And I'm like, why is shit like this okay? You know, why aren't they cracking down on shit like that? That's shit that's actually happening in real life, you know? Why is this okay? And then, and then, you know, they would have just like make up this bullcrap about horror. Oh, it can create harm or self-harm or whatever. It's like, oh, okay. If you say so. Exactly. Um, it, it's it's really weird. And to touch on your thing, Stacey, that that gives us a great way to discuss why. How come? How come us horror fans enjoy horror? Why do we say horror is healthy? And I say it's because you know it's one of those genres where we can all have fun in, meet a lot of cool people. And meet a lot of interesting projects on top of, like, you know, just forgetting the real world by popping in yeah. that movie and trying to cheer for that bad guy or cheer for that one, uh, you know, protagonist or whoever, really. And it's just to kind of just make us, I guess, relax and just have fun. It's entertainment, nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, same for me. I would say that, I mean, overall, number one overall, it's fun and entertaining. But also, you know, horror is also like, can be very real too. Like, okay, so, you know, my very first horror movie at eight years old, Child's Play, right? And then like, you know, just when I was back in my lifetime, you know, lifetime movie days where, you know, you have some damsel in distress who's being manipulated, deceived, and abused by her boyfriend or husband or whatever it may be. You know, you got stuff like that. And then, you know, just like these like these like these contents in these horror movies, it to me it's also like an eye opener on the real world out there too. You know, and like Jed mentioned um, before, like, I mean, it got all these different subgenres, and anything can pretty much be horror. He mentioned SpongeBob, and like I said, it goes back to my Lifetime Movie Network days when I was really heavy into Lifetime Movie Networks, and then, you know, uh, that one movie with the, um, I think it was called Dying to Belong. She was trying everything to be in this sorority and they were hazing, like make, made her doing hazing really hard to where I think hazing went wrong and she passed away. Just stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And it also like gives you a glimpse on how some people can just be so messed up out here. And then you get to the true crime and all of that. So, yeah, one, first and foremost, it is fun and entertaining for me. And then it's also, like I said, just that, just that uh, kind of 
also true to life factor as well. And I would have to say for me that, I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia for with horror for me. I mean, ever since I was a kid, you know, I've always been drawn to masks and, you know, and, and even, you know, scaring people and being scared. I've always, you know, enjoyed that. I mean, you know, usually like, like if you're at your house and, you know, your uh, wife or husband's in the other room or girlfriend or whoever, and you're hiding behind the door and they open the door and you're there and you scare them. Next thing you do is laugh. You have a good time. I mean, it's something fun and enjoyable. And I mean, and it's all about, you know, people's reactions. And, you know, I mean, I'm one of those types of people that, you know, I feed off of, you know, people's reaction. If they, you know, they think something I said is funny or, you know, if I scare them and they, you know, jump back, you know, I mean, it's all about, you know, the reaction to me and then, you know, and how you enjoy what you're watching. And I mean, I've always loved, you know, classic horror movies and just you know seeing the like how they did the makeup and just you know everything in general and you know there's there's so much about horror that i enjoy and you know it's just you know it's in in the end it's just entertainment's all it is and you know the thing the thing that someone wants to censor you know entertainment it's just you know just wrong for sure yes i i'm gonna fully 100% back what you just said, Jed. I mean, the the whole censorship of entertainment is just ridiculous. And, like, um, I think it was uh, Stacy that brought it up. Like, when did fiction become reality kind of thing? And, um, you know, it's just, uh, that's all it is, really. We're just trying to have a good time, like you're saying. It's just nothing but get scared and laugh about it. Or... You know, maybe share your tale of, like, you know, like, this part in the movie was, like, so creepy. Like, I wasn't expecting this to get scared at this. And, you know, maybe somebody didn't get scared at it, at that specific part, but maybe got scared at this. And, you know, it's kind of cool to have everybody come in and um, shine on their different views of looking at a specific movie or maybe they read a even a book where they thought the book was better than the movie which is like you know 99.8 percent of the time anyway but because only because a movie can only do so much unless you can get so much done with a bigger budget for like maybe a three-hour film but if you're looking at an hour and a half film that's a lot of information that needs to get cut out well, the thing that amazes me is, you know, there there are people out there that, you know, that, you know, talk badly about the horror industry and about, you know, horror movies in general when, you know, they're sitting there watching, you know, Game of Thrones and, you know, Vikings and, you know, all these other TV shows. Yeah, they're not horror, but they all have horror elements in it. I mean, if it shows a person being decapitated or someone being ripped to shreds or caught on fire, those are horror elements. I mean, war movies have horror elements. and But, you know, it, it just amazes me that someone can sit there and watch something, you know, like Game of Thrones and then not be able to watch, you know, something like, you know, the new It movie or, you know, Unlisted Owner. It, it just any movie out there that's, you know under the uh, genre of, you know, a horror, a, a typical horror film. But, you know, people tend to forget that, you know, some of their favorite TV shows have horror elements in it. 
And I think, you know, until the public actually wakes up and realizes, yeah, actually, I do kind of like the gory, you know, grotesque stuff like that. I mean, I think that we're going to be, you know, to where horror will be censored until people can finally realize, like, oh, I guess I do like some horror elements. Exactly. And horror is such a big inspiration that it will make people even want to go out and start making practical effects. You know what I mean? Like, like they want to learn how to create the practical effects. And, I mean, I'm amazed with some of the things I've seen. Like, have you guys seen that one girl that's, like, uh, nine years old? Like, some of her practical effects? Like, if if you know who I'm talking about? Like, she's very good for nine years old. Yeah, I mean, it's all art. I mean, horror, I mean, there's so much artistic stuff that goes into a horror movie. I mean, it, I mean, it, real, it literally is a, a work of art. I mean, you know, from the makeup or the mask or the, just the look of the, the uh, killer in a slasher movie or the, uh, the practical effects that they do on an actor or actress who gets, you know, uh, hurt or injured in some way by the, the uh, killer. I mean, it's, it's all art in the end. And I mean, it's, you know, some people look at it as grotesque. But, you know, it's it's still art in the end. And, it, you know, it's, it's just so cool and fascinating to think that someone was able to recreate something that's such a, a you know, such a brutal looking, like, you know, realistic effect. I mean, it, it's art in the end. And it's basically, you know, a censorship on horror is a censor, censorship on art in general. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually has been a long um like a never-ending discussion on just like the horror genre and creativity alone and um they go like not just like the censoring of you know hashtag horror but also like we've talked a lot about originality and creativity and how you know like hollywood doesn't really have any uh, creative ideas, just a bunch of remakes and reboots. Meanwhile, you got the indie scene that um, that's where, you know, all of the art lies. And it's annoying that some of these feels like these, uh, you know, underground films that aren't lucky to have a theatrical release due to their content because they're not rated R and, you know, and then like say for instance uh, Rob Zombie's 31 and he had it it was NC17 but he had to get it cut down to a rate of R to get a theatrical release you know and Tusk I remember Tusk was a limited release I I literally traveled 50 miles to go see that movie because no theaters close by was showing it you know, and I feel like horror is an art, regardless of the content that's in it. I don't care if it's something simple such as, you know, child's play or if it's more in-depth like a Serbian film. I don't care. It's art. And I feel like every movie should have a theatrical release. I I like that that Stacy. I mean, 
every film deserves to be on the big screen. And then for something like the uh, Serbian film, that should definitely have a big ass warning saying like, like, uh, like those type of gross films should definitely have that big type of warning. Like, hey, like, uh, like if you don't have a strong stomach or whatever, then you're not gonna like this. Pretty much, if you are a psychopath. You can watch it, pretty much. Yeah. What I'm trying to say, like, I hate saying it like that too, but because that goes back into saying, like, you know, horror is not okay, like we were talking about earlier. But, but in this case, you kind of need to say that because otherwise, those type of movies won't be recognized anyway. Like, look at Cannibal Holocaust. Look at that big baffle with that thing, and yeah. what? And then look at um, uh. Jaws, look what happened with that movie, what it made people want to do, like, it's, it's really, it really is scary what horror movies can do with some audiences, but not as much anymore today as it did back in the day, like, like I've been trying to say with, like, Jaws, you know, people that watch Jaws, they, they wanted to go out and kill the sharks in the ocean because that's literally what they thought sharks were. Is they're gonna destroy your boat and sink it just to eat you? <laughs> like that's not the case. Well, that's what the MPAA ratings are for. You know, you got different ratings: rated G, rated PG thirteen, rated R, rated NC seventeen, not rated, rated X, whatever. That's why you got those different levels. And what sucks is that these theaters they will only accept as far as an R rating, you know, and nowadays these films that qualify as R ratings are not really like R ratings. Like, wait, what? You and, know, and, and, and a lot of, a lot of people don't realize too, that to acquire an MPAA rating, you have to pay uh, several thousands of dollars to acquire an MPAA rating. And uh, yeah, so that, that's why a lot of the indie titles are actually unrated because uh, you know, it's hard for the indie filmmakers and stuff to be able to get their money back. And, you know, that's just a cost that, I mean, as long as, you know, stores will still carry the titles if they're unrated, yeah. you know, it's kind of kind of pointless to have the MPAA rating. And, uh, you know, it's bit, and I, I'm not sure if, the, if theaters require you to have an MPAA rating to show a film. But I mean, more so than not, usually see that uh, the ones that are in the theaters are the ones with the MPA rating. But yeah, it actually does cost uh, money to be able to uh, to get one of those. Just to shine in on you real quick, Jed, didn't you try? Didn't you look into that for your film? <clears throat> yeah, I did, and uh, for for Unless Stoner, I looked into doing it, and that's the reason uh, Unless Stoner is unrated was because I felt like. Uh, you know, with the, the money we had already spent on the title, that it was kind of uh, pointless to get an MPA rating since it wasn't going to have a, you know, a theatrical nationwide or worldwide theatrical release. So, and I had also discussed it with the distributor, and the distributor was told me the same exact thing, that, you know, you can get one if you want, but, you know, it's really not going to change anything. So, uh, I mean, your movie will be registered with the Motion Picture, Motion Picture Association of America. But, I mean, you know, it, if it's on IMDb, I mean, who, I mean, what's really the point? 
Alright, well, the last thing that I can think of, and if you got an afterward, if you guys have anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to bring up, feel free to. But the last thing I can think of for us to really talk about for this Instagram censoring bullshit is, um, what are your thoughts on what we can do to help make this move forward to maybe try to get it uncentered or, or how can we fix this really? Uh, Stacy, I'll I'll start with you this time. What what do you think we could do to help this the situation out? I guess I've I think I I mean enough people need to complain about it. Like enough people need to constantly blow up, you know, Instagrams, uh, inbox asking why, you know, pretty much like a online or social media boycott so to speak you know I, I think i think that's pretty much where it starts because if not enough people speak up about it speak up against it and boycott it then you know nothing much is you know, going to get done they're just going to like win and it'll all just like kind of pass over but enough people do need to care yeah yeah i completely agree Jed, what are your thoughts on this? I think uh, what you're doing is, you know, it really helps in the process. The more people who uh, hear about it, because I actually didn't know what was going on until you had mentioned something to me about it. And then whenever I looked myself, I was like, wow, this is crazy. I would not have known because, you know, I mean, I, I usually look at the hashtag horror films and stuff like that. I usually go through that on Instagram. But I do use the hashtag horror quite a bit. Is, but, you know, horror does cover such a big umbrella. You know, I usually just go to the horror films or something like that hashtag, which is not censored. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, educating, you know, the horror community about, you know, what is happening right now with, you know, the title that, you know, that's, you know, that all of us fall under. And, I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there that probably don't even realize that they just use the hashtag hoping someone will, you know, find their post through that hashtag and then, you know, to come to find out that it's actually, you know, this thing comes up that says, you know, that, hey, you're, the content you're looking at, you know, may cause you to do self-harm and all this other stuff. It's just, you know, just absurd. And, I mean, <clears throat> the, the, at least Instagram hasn't completely censored the content and taken it off all to get altogether. But, you know, having that warning come up and to be so specific, I mean, I could understand maybe if they wanted to do a thing that says, you know, warning graphic, possible graphic content or something like that. I could possibly understand that. But the way they actually word it is just, you know, terrible. And the fact they only, they only, you know, go after just that hashtag horror, you know, mm -hmm. they don't go after, you know, true crime or I guarantee you that, you know, you know, skinny dipping or, you know, anything, you know, but or anything like that is not, you know, is not censored. So it's like, you know, for some reason that out of everything is censored, and that's the, you know, the most outrageous part. But I feel that, you know, like, you know, campaigns to, you know, educate the horror community about it, doing podcasts, doing, you know, write-ups in magazines and, you know, just interviews with people who are affected by it. I mean, I think that's really, you know, really helps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Another thing that I think it was Dan that mentioned, and this got me really thinking, is now 
Now we know the hashtag horror got hit really good, and what what do you think? Actually, let me rephrase this. Let me try to figure out the best way to word this. Now, because of that word horror, does do you guys feel like the other hashtag with that word could also be affected? Um. <clears throat> I mean, from what I've clicked on, I mean, I don't think they are. Um, but, I mean, I could see to where they could eventually go to that, to where they, you know, spread out anything with the word horror in it would be, you know, have that, you know, thing come up that says, you know, self-harm and, you know, all that stuff. And I just, you know, it's just terrible. And hopefully it doesn't come to that. But, you know, there, you know, whenever they start on something, you know, it just opens the door you know, once they get their foot in to, you know, put stuff up like that, it just opens the door to where they can do it on anything. Yeah, I haven't really, like, tried looking up, you know, hashtag horror with it. Like, because I know when I did post stuff, I, I use, like, hashtag horror, hashtag, you know, movie posters or hashtag movies and everything. So, um, I, I never really tried to play around with all of that. Yeah, it just—it's just scary. It really is. I—I I just—I mean, I just don't really know what else to really say except for that people just need to start speaking out. And I saw some people did try to speak out a long time ago, but then they stopped. So why did they stop? I don't know. Is it because they feel like if they kept going, Instagram's gonna take down their account? I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I feel like. I feel like, like, you know, that it needs to be picked up by some of the, you know, the more mainstream horror sites, and I don't understand why they haven't, or some of the major, you know, the bigger name horror filmmakers and stuff, why they haven't, you know, started talking about this. I mean, like, you know, Bloody Disgusting or Dead Central or something like that, you know, I mean, for some reason, I usually they're, you know, usually they have horror news and stuff, and to me, this is, you know, this is huge horror news, and for some reason, the the major horror you know news outlets are you know are are silent on it and you know they're posting you know silly stuff about you know like you know cats that look like the cat from Pet Cemetery and stuff like that whenever this is something that you know is an attack on you know what umbrella they fall under which is horror and you know that's to me nothing's going to really change until you know the more main you know some of the not not the hardline you know horror fans but you know some of the other ones that you know don't research and you know constantly you know obsess over it but just you know they read read the articles from bloody disgusting and stuff like that until they actually see what's going on i don't think it's going to change unfortunately well yeah because you had mentioned um earlier that when you like after putting in hashtag horror and then when it goes to you know you click on short show posts anyway um all the major posts show up so i mean the big timers are not really affected uh by it at all you know it's like the people who uh let's see are not what's the good word not as uh not as big yeah, yeah, the small type is it I mean, they're not affected by it. So, I guess it's kind of like why should they really 
be worried about it. You know, their their news is gonna pop up regardless. Bloody disgusting. You know, uh, what was a deadline? Like, you know, E W. Like, their news is gonna pop up regardless. Big time film directors and you know the the most influential people. Their stuff is gonna pop up. You know, regard even after you click show post, all of that is gonna pop up. You know, it's like people like us who are really like affected by it. And I was also going to say, like, it's already enough that sometimes you got to jump through, you know, loops to find a certain movie that you really want to see. Like, for instance, um, I like productions from Unearthed Films, you know, and a lot of their titles are not available mainstream. A lot like they say, you know, you go into vid. Vimeo and even the titles the four films are not even available on Vimeo you know so it's like you already got to jump through holes to try and find that movie you you really want to see you trying to watch and everything so it, it's really like tough when they're censoring horror yeah. it's just, and it just seems like it's gonna get worse unfortunately yeah, like I said, I feel like what really needs to happen is a full, like, online boycott. You know, not just a handful of people here and there, you know, or a few people blowing up the inbox. I feel like it needs to be a just like a uh, a full presence of boycotting. You know, you know, it's a bunch of people just pretty much calling Instagram out, blasting Instagram. Why? You know what I'm saying? Just why, why, why? You know, uh, hundreds or thousands of people need to blow up the inbox. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they can, like they can take accounts down, but you can always create a new account. You can always create a new account. New, like it's nothing to create, you know, a random email and account. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about it. Like, I, I find out, like, you know what I'm saying? There's people out here who have several, especially with Facebook. You know, Facebook, you know, is so restricting now. Like, you know, your next post could be your last year in Facebook jail for three days here, 30 days there a week. You know what I'm saying? Like, Facebook is constantly throwing people in, you know, quote, unquote, jail for that harmless post that somebody else got offended over. You just create you know, a random email and a random account. It's that simple. So you got people out here with several accounts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's like, it's, it's not the end of the world, even if your account did get taken down because you decided to like, you know what I'm saying, kind of blow up Instagram. Just create a new account and keep it up. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, it's endless, like, you know, you can create endless emails, endless accounts and everything. But I really do feel like, you know, like I said, a whole boycott needs to be done um, to really, really get Amazon, uh, Instagram's attention. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, we just need to start speaking up louder, really. And I, that's really all I got left to really to say is that just, we just need bigger names. And a lot more people to start speaking out, to really start rumbling the ground. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to just throw it out there about Unlisted Owner again coming out on Blu-ray. And uh, if anybody wants to 
get a copy. You can get it through Amazon, Walmart, FYE, all that good stuff. And we also have some pretty cool unlisted owner t-shirts. If you want to uh, hit us up on the uh, unlisted owner uh, Facebook page or on our website, you can send us an email if you're interested in a shirt or even uh, hit me up on Instagram of all places. Uh, but uh, don't, whatever you do, don't send the hashtag horror. I might not see it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, uh, it comes out April 30th. I'm not sure when you're going to drop this podcast. So it may be before then or after then. But either way, uh, I'm sure we'll have copies available. And uh, thanks again for having me on and discuss this urgent matter of hashtag horror and it being uh, thrown into the, uh, the horrible group of self-harm so thanks again paul for uh having me on and uh, thanks uh stacy for joining me on this this is great you're very welcome jed it's it's always good to get different opinions on certain things especially how this can affect not just me but you and stacy and everybody else and because you know what it's going to affect everybody and the only way to get do anything about it is just speak up Yep, absolutely. And I'm Stacy Cox, a staff correspondent for DK Mag. That's D E C A Y M A G dot com. And remember, everybody, make sure you speak loudly because otherwise, us small guys are just not going to rise to the top. Yep, definitely. Yeah, we need to make that public, like I said, that public outcry, not just that few people or a handful of people it needs to be enough people to actually uh make a difference and on that note guys thank you so much for listening to the 100th episode and i hope you enjoyed this really like sensitive topic where everybody needs to know this and everybody needs to speak up and until next time stay scary